Thanks a lot. Charlie White, he's running like you can sing to this one. 40 tackle from behind at midfield. Laughlin, number five, may have saved the touchdown. That was a hustle play. First down at the 49 of USC. It's White again. 45, 40, 35, 30. He's all the way to the 22. Charles White is over the 200-yard mark today. Ran against Cal in 1959. 215 for White. Marcus Allen drives to what appears to be a first down at the 12-yard line. If he needs a touchdown to go ahead, don't forget Art Fleester is on that Ohio State team. Charles White back in the game, and he drives to the 8-yard line of the second and six. Rakshani in motion. White off right tackle and plows inside the five to the four and maybe the three. Well, they've had a pitch and a fumbling the ball down here over the last few years, so I think they'll take the touchdown now if they can get it. Third down, two. White. To the goal line, but not in. He is not in the end zone. That's an SC player signaling touchdown, but it's first and goal. USC on the one-foot line. First and goal. A touchdown to tie an extra point would give SC the lead. 138 left. Clock is running. White. Touchdown. Coach JB here for the Coach JB Show. I appreciate everybody joining me this morning. Pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. That video was in honor of uh, the great Charles White, Los, Los Angeles native, SoCal native, USC legend. Passed away yesterday at the age of 63, 64 years old. Too young to be passing away, but we've been saying that about everybody. Uh, I know Sean Waffle could appreciate that old school video right there. Um, great video right there. Passed away last night. Uh, unfortunate situation has occurred. Uh, Steve Kim and Matt McChesney joined me this morning to break down the NFL draft scenarios. Plus, OBJ has another flight fight incident where he takes off his pants. We're going to break that down. What the fuck's going on with this clown? And uh, so much more. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off. Plus, CanadaDipCBD.com. 
make sure you head on over to Canadip CBD and get you a fresh, clean can of dip. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps, and get you 20% off and free shipping. Uh, I'm in a... Uh, I'm in a deal, so so I got to get this uh, victory. So make sure you help your boy out. And Kionis Builds. Make sure you head on over to Kionis Builds if you want the finest bar builder in the business. Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z. Builds on IG. Kionis Builds on Instagram. Follow him. Check him out. Hit him up if you guys need any cabinetry or bars built. Patio, inside, outside, you name it. He does it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. We got to break down a lot of bit, a lot of things today. Uh, can't wait. Steve Kim joins me in the next hour. Matt McChesney can hopefully get on, and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about all these things, plus some more weekend predictions uh, before we get into uh, too much of the show. Uh, we're gonna get into some predictions as well. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. You know, I predict it all. I'll see you on the other side. Pound that like button. Yes, yes, yes. You got the slap gear go cracking. Go get you some slap gear with the LA logo or just the regular slap logo on coachjbstore.com. Head on over there and check it out. Uh, get you started with the quote of the day, as always. Um, sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. How many of you can say that? All of us. You all say that every day, every damn day. You sit there and say, damn, if a fifth was it with, if my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. Because if it was a fifth, we'd all be loaded. What if? What if I would have did this? What if I could go back in time and do that? What if, what if, what if? What ifs don't get you paid? What ifs don't make you reality? And what ifs are just like a fucking wish in one hand, shit in the other one. See what fills up first. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So cherish the moment because that shit will be gone faster than you can snap your finger. I uh, hope you understand that. Contrary to belief, uh, brought to you by Kionis Builds, uh, the greatest bar builder in the country. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Man, you can't hold on to anger too long. Contrary to belief, sometimes hard decisions break your heart, but give you peace. I'd rather have peace than have my heart. I'd rather break my heart, dog, than have peace. I'm just telling you right now. I want peace. Fuck it. Sometimes you got to do some tough things. That's what leaders do sometimes. Just so you know, contrary to your belief, someone who loves you would never put them in a position to lose you. Contrary to belief, someone who loves you would never put you put them in a position to lose you. But I don't know if you uh, realize that, but you never really look in shit like that until Coach JB gives you these fucking great fine tidbits of information every morning. Uh, someone who loves you would never put themselves in a position to lose you. That's a deep one. 
Um, contrary to belief, be so brutally honest that fake fucks never want to be around your ass. Be so fucking honest that the fake fucks can't stand to be around you. I've literally cleared rooms out before. I'm telling you, playing cards, poker, drinking, smoking a cigar. I've cleared rooms out, and I love it. I laugh at it. I sit there and look at it and say, damn, the fake motherfuckers have left the building. And you see it. Have you never, never, you never been around a place just sitting there chilling, whatever you're doing, and you just hear a motherfucker just rambling, talking about absolute bullshit, and everything comes out of his mouth is full of shit, and he's either straight up bold faced lying to someone. Dog, I stay out my in my lane. I'm not gonna jump into someone else's conversation. But if we're all talking and he's saying it, oh man, I go in hard, and then motherfuckers will get up. They'll leave. They'll have an excuse. I got to I gotta go, man. Good seeing you guys. And we all know why he's leaving. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And then you never see him come back. You guys have all been in these scenarios. That is real shit. I want to be so fucking honest that fake fucks stay away from me. I do not want you around me. I don't want to see you, hear you, smell you. I don't want to fucking hear your fucking breathing. I don't want to see you around me. I don't do well with fake fucks. Holy shit, I can't do it. Um, But holding on to your anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Look, I don't want to wish harm on anyone, um, but that is real shit right there. I'm just telling you, that's real shit. Um, And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to move on, man. Sometimes you got to move on eventually. You got to move on. Um, Make your bed when you wake up in the morning, Caleb Logan. I'm just telling you. We have a fundamental problem with disrespectful young people. All right. This kid, I did not, I have no idea who he is. I never even knew he was DMing me, but he's been DMing me for like a year. And I just found it yesterday because uh so I saw some post on Instagram on my under my comment, of course, and he said something about you, you know. Uh, did you see coach almost got his got as fleeced on on Netflix by his coach and all this old shit, right? I'm reading it. I'm like, fuck's he talking about? So I said, you sound like a straight little biatch. And he he hits me back on there like, oh, hit my go to my DMs. You don't want to smoke some shit, right? So I click on his message. I go in there. This motherfucker has been messaging me for a year. I had to accept his deal. I didn't know. I don't know how to do that shit. So I, I accepted it and went in there. This I was scrolling for like a fucking hour. This motherfucker's been messaging me for a year. And it's, he's just talking shit to me. He's sending me video clips. He's trying to call me. However, the Instagram call thing, however you call somebody on Instagram. By the way, I get these dick writers that call me all the time. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So on Instagram. And I'm like, son. I look at his thing. This kid plays at a non-scholarship JUCO. And I'm sitting there looking at him. And then I go off on him. And then he goes, I'm only a 19-year-old kid. And you're talking to me like this? And I'm like, hold on. You've been messaging me talking shit disrespectfully as fuck for a year. And I never even knew you existed until today. And now, don't start none won't be none. So I block him. 
I'm like, dog, I, I don't, I don't talk to 19 year old kids. And then he gets on my Twitter and I'm like, God damn, son, do you have a daddy? Are you this thirsty for my attention that you need to talk to me on every fucking platform? And all he does is talk shit. And I said, son, you played a non-scholarship junior college. I said, understand, you're not very good. And I guarantee you, you're the shit bird of the team. And that's why you're at a non-scholarship JUCO, non-scholarship JUCO. And you tell everybody that you, you play football, but you don't. And it's sad that no one's ever corrected this young kid. He's 19 years old. But listen, I'm not in the business to fix you anymore. I'm not. I'm in the business to tell you the truth now. And the truth is you're a disrespectful little fucking punk kid. And it tells me a lot about your head coach. It tells me a lot about your head coach because there's no fucking way that one of my players is going to be talking to some fucking dude on Instagram, a a former coach and someone that uh, you can easily call about. You can call anybody about them. You know, you can call NFL players about me, former players of mine. And, and if I was a young 19-year-old kid trying to play JUCO, I would be trying to talk to me to figure out what it takes to get out of JUCO. Not talking shit to a grown man. These kids don't know how to talk to grown folks at all. And no grown folk is correcting these punk kids. And you wonder why they have the freedom of speech to go on Instagram and try to talk shit to coaches and different people. I'm just like, it doesn't even matter about the coach. It's a 19-year-old talking to a 46-year-old, and I don't care if you don't like him or not. When in the world was it okay when you just started walking around talking shit? It's not okay, but, and you know what? You don't see it. You won't see the 19-year-old kid come up to me in person at the grocery store. It's convenient on Instagram. And then it's ironic when you call his bitch ass out and tell him he's a shitbird. Then he talks to you like, I'm 19 years old, and you're talking to me like this? The, the audacity and how the irony of this whole thing is unbelievable. Tells me a lot about your mom and dad, if you have one, and your coach. Because bottom line, your coach is basically around you more than your mom and dad. And if any of my former players would talk to anyone like that, they would be fucking checked. And uh, apparently, that just shows you the where we stand in coaching. High school, junior college coaches is, are in a bad situation. They're trying to be these kids' fucking friends. And I went on Mike, Mark Ryan's show yesterday, and uh, and I straight up said it on CBS radio. I said, stop being these kids' friends. It's fucking costing football its tradition. It's costing it what it was. Football is no longer even close to what it was. Football used to build character. Now it is creating shitbirds. I've never seen football to create shitbirds. It's creating more shitbirds than I've ever seen in my life. And the character's out the fucking window. Because all you coaches out here, that young coaches are trying to become their fucking friends and their homies so they don't transfer four times on your ass. So I'm just telling you. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I just want to bring that up. Um, little situation that I, I, I get these situations every day. Uh, I appreciate everybody sending me videos of Sarah Blake talking about me again. I, I, I'm curious. 
I, I talked to her husband a while back and said, listen, dog, I got an audio clip of her. I mean, do you really want to do this? And so they deleted everything. I want to know why they came back now. Like, are you this dumb, you backwood fucking country fucking ugly inbred fucking little girl? Are you this dumb and thirsty to lie? So she said that she used to get $200 super chats on my show and I kept the money. <laughs> I dog, I literally, I literally, myself and a few people that I know, literally went into our all of our super chats. The biggest super chat I've ever got was $49.99, and it wasn't even with her on the show. So we can literally go back and look at the history of Super Chats, and you can literally, as a fan in the community, in this chat, you can go and look at the Super Chats. Why would you blatantly lie on your show that has 72 views? Why would you blatantly lie about that? And why would I want to keep your funky $200? I'm confused. This bitch is really thirsty, dog. I guess her husband can't give her no good dick. I don't know. Um, he seems like a little pussy and bitch made cat anyway. Um, but goddamn, dog. Am I the topic of conversation? I love it. I love it. Oh, my God, I love it. I go to bed smiling at night, smiling and smiling. I'm smiling and laughing because I'm like, damn, I made a huge impression on this lady's life. And I tried to help the girl. And obviously, I've given her a lot of followers. And uh, contrary to your belief, half of her followers are fake and bought just so we're clear, but mine aren't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is the thing. Like, I tried to help the girl and put her on a platform to actually give her some credibility, but she shit on herself. And I've had people send me the video of when the day she got dumped by me when I cl just cut her off. And you can seriously look at the video and see. I mean, it's not a fucking close call. It's not really like rocket science. Um, but that's all I'm saying. Listen, I, I'm not here to go out. I don't, I don't have time to talk about this broad. She's meaningless to me. She means nothing to me. I tried to help her. I did my part. I tried to speak highly of her after the fact. She's attacked me ever since. And people send me these video clips and I'm like, dude, she's such a fucking lying piece of shit now. Like, this is what you became because of someone who gave you a shot. And you got embarrassed because you didn't understand the possibilities of other than uh, the, uh, Tennessee. OnlyFans. Tennessee. Uh, the, uh, Tennessee. OnlyFans. Uh, the, uh. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. How much of that shit can you take? I tried to be nice, but dog, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm going to drop the bomb, the truth bomb. On social media. I'm not going to do it on that. I, I might do it on my show, but I'm going to do it on Twitter so everybody can hear it. That you're a liar and you're lying. There's no $200 super chats. We can search it, dumb fuck. We can go and look at the history of super chats, you fucking moron. 
holy fuck you backwards fucking inbreds don't get it. And I'm looking at her and the husband and I'm like, damn, they motherfuckers look related to me. They look fucking related to me, don't they? I don't know. I'm just saying. You got to be careful when you spread lies, dog. This is the last time I talk about her. Um, I have no interest in talking about her no more. I just wanted to make sure you guys all know because I know you guys sending me videos and shit like that. And I'm like, dude, I really don't give a fuck. I really don't. It doesn't bother me at all. She's obviously having to bring me up because I'm in her life some type of way. I'm in her head some type of way. And she cannot get over the fact that uh, she fucks her man for money. I mean, I mean, goddamn. Kudos to you. Goddamn. Go, go for it. But I mean, I wouldn't fuck you with a fucking your man's pinky toe. Um, keep it in the family, dog. It is what it is. Um, yeah, but there is no, there is no $200 super chats. That's the problem. There's no $200 super chats or, or, uh, and, and let me ask you this. Like you said, it is my money because it's my show, but this is the thing. That would have been an agreement. Wouldn't you have thought? Don't you think we would have agreed to that? If that was the situation, I thought she said I we agreed to money. Well, if that was the case, why didn't you agree to the super chat money? <laughs> like her her, her lies are just making they're going to come out and you're going to be like, "Damn, you're a thirsty lying fucking piece of shit that just can't get over JB for whatever reason." I don't know. I guess my word, the truth really hurts people's soul. It really crushes their soul. Um, and I'm like, damn, I'm sorry, lady. I didn't know that you just could not get over me. Does Do you have wet dreams about me at night? Does Do you call your man JB in bed? <laughs> uh Joe, I know you've done two forty nine ninety nines. I've never seen a two hundred dollars super chat. I could, we can't find any two hundred dollars super chat. You know why we can't find it? Because it don't exist. We literally can go into super chat and pull up the history of this channel's super chat. There's not one super chat over forty nine ninety nine. So just throwing that out there. Um, And then in the video, she said, I agreed not to get paid. I'm like, well, wait up. Which one is it? You agreed not to get paid, but I owe you money. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, homie. Um, Bruce Helm, stop defending the dumb fucking it backwards inbred. Go on her show, you fucking idiot. Stop fucking defending her dumb ass. You're either on this show or you're not. All right, so... We're rolling with uh, we're rolling with the uh, the slap nation for the title of the entire Discord, and then it's going to be the chat will be coach's crew. So that's kind of how we've come up with the whole thing: uh, slap nation and coach's crew. That's kind of how we're going to identify ourselves going forward. Because I didn't want to use like anything slappies or slap dicks or. Nothing crazy. I didn't want to disrespect you guys, and I didn't want uh, people to take it the wrong way, even though I know you guys don't. But I didn't want people to talk shit. And, oh, you guys are in the slap dick. Shut the fuck up. So I'm not going to do that. So Slap Nation will be the whole overall Discord, and Coach's crew will be like the chat um, as how we kind of talk. 
So uh, that is kind of what we've come up with. So um, it is what it is. I, I haven't seen Isaac Lords. Isaac Lords, uh, Bessley, uh, Bruce Helms, Isaac Lords. I don't know what's going on. What's going on with that, Bruce Helms? What's going on with that, Bruce Helms? Um, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Charles White passed away, man. Really unfortunate. Sean Waffle, you'll appreciate this. Uh, the Chad, who's a great NFL video editing guy, uh, for D used to be with DV Sport for a long time. Good friend of mine, uh, sends me a lot of great information. He sent that video of the, of the USC, uh, Ohio State bowl game. He also sent me this picture right here that a lot of people don't know about. He's from San Fernando, SoCal, uh, area. Sean Waffle, you'll probably appreciate that right there. That is a prep 1975, uh, the Southlands High School Sports News. Um, that was a hell of a three-headed monster right there, by the way. A lot of people don't know who that is. 75 cents for that magazine right there. Uh, Charles White, man, back in the day. Very sad to hear he passed away, man. A lot of people passing away seems like to this, this time of day of the year. Um but that is an OG right there, OG clip of Charles White. Uh, and obviously he passed away uh, last night, uh, 63 years old, 64 years old. Unfortunate situation. Um, NASA, I want to get into this. NASA has found another planet that is similar to, to, the, to the Earth. I don't know if you guys seen this new shit right here. I'm I kind of like, I like quasars and sun and moon and all this old shit uh apparently a kid found this by the way a kid found this um but apparently it's an earth-sized planet um and it's uh it's uh habitable apparently so i guess i i don't know how they know that it's a hundred thousand light years from us and they just found it that tells you there's a lot of shit out there we don't know about you think the ocean's big? Shit. Think about the fucking sky. There's a lot of shit out there. We found a habitable Earth-sized planet. Kudos to the 19-year-old kid who found that shit. See, we got that 19-year-old kid. Then we got a 19-year-old kid who's at a non-scholarship JUCO talking shit to grown folks. See, that's the problem with the... That's where we are. We got, we got a couple good apples, and then we got a bunch of bad ones. And I, that's the problem with us because coaches, you won't fucking correct them. You won't coach them. You allow them to do whatever the fuck they want. It's a fucking problem with you fucks. OBJ, you won't, you won't be able to hear the video, man, because I, I don't know why. But OBJ has another fucking run in with a old man on an airline flight and he took his pants off. I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, but.
I don't understand what this cat's issue is. Um, that's the video of uh, that no one really ever saw. He basically tells this old man, you got me fucked up, you fat old piece of shit. You're going to get off the plane and I'm going to get on a private jet and go home. So I'm trying to figure out why aren't you on a private jet now then? Why weren't you on the private jet right then? I'm confused as to why this cat is just always into something. Um, I don't know. That's just crazy to me. No, that yeah, that's the video. That's the video of uh, him taking his pants off or whatever. And uh, he tried to tell the old man to wake him up. He said, all you have to do is wake me up. Apparently, it became a big old issue. I, I don't know what the fuck the deal is, but that's the first time I've seen the actual video uh, of what happened. Um, don't say you're going to get on a private jet if you're not on one already. It makes no fucking sense. Why aren't you on the private jet if you're going to go get on the private jet? <laughs> um, come on, man. Uh, Steve Mack is a OBJ fan um, because he was a giant and he made the one-hand cat. I'm just fucking with Steve Mack. Uh I don't know. I don't really give a fuck. He's irrelevant, though, and that's the problem. He's irrelevant because he gets, he only is in uh, the news because he's uh, has these type of things. He's not playing, though. Like, go fucking play or shut the fuck up. He hasn't played in how long? I don't, I, I don't even know if he's a cokehead. I think he's just a weirdo fuck. I think all these cats are weird as fuck. But again, what do I know? But it's the weed. Um, anyway, Charles White passed away at 63. Reggie Bush finally gets in in the USC positivity news. All right. And some positive news. Reggie Bush gets inducted into the College Hall of Fame. Um, finally, uh, they finally come to their senses that whatever happened had nothing to do with the fuck he did on the football field. I just don't understand how you take a man's Heisman. I mean, what are you doing with the Heisman? wiping your ass with it like you act like he didn't win it he still won the heisman so i don't understand how you take his trophy away makes you right and makes him wrong we all know what he did on the football field like we all know pete rose is one of the greatest baseball players of all time keeping him out of the hall of fame for betting makes absolutely zero fucking sense like, then you should have arrested him then if it's such a big fucking national global crime. Has nothing to do with what he did on the baseball field. He is one of the greatest hitters of all time, if not the greatest hitter of all time. I, I put I put Pete Rose, Wade Boggs, um, and uh, Tony Gwynn as the three greatest hitters. Not home run. Not I'm talking about hitters. Can hit the ball opposite field. Can hit the ball center field. Can hit the ball wherever the fuck they want to hit the ball. That is hard to do in baseball. To hit the fucking ball wherever you want to hit the ball. I think Wade Boggs uh, was great at that shit. If you guys don't know who Wade Boggs is. Uh, Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn, obviously. Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn, probably the two greatest ever. Uh, Ted Williams may be up there uh, a little bit before my time, uh, Shorty Shay. Uh, I got to see Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, and Pete Rose a little bit at least. I if I can see no Ted Williams, dog. Um, but that's like that's like uh, that's like me coming in here and saying, 
LeBron James is the is the greatest ever. And I'm like, damn, you, did you see Kobe play? No. Did you see Jordan play? No. Oh, but but you know LeBron's the best ever. That's like me saying, fuck no. Ted Williams couldn't fucking do shit. He's garbage. I never saw Ted Williams. I know he's great, but I never saw him, so I'm not going to speak on him. I know he was a great hitter. Carl Yaskrimski was a great fucking hitter. I mean, there's a lot of fucking great hitters we could talk about. I mean, goddamn. Ichiro. Fucking, you can argue Ichiro is in there. Uh, Ken Griffey might have been in there. I don't know. There's so many fucking great hitters. But, uh, I mean, you, got, you can argue Barry Bonds was the greatest hitter of all time if you really want to because the motherfucker hit the, he never got struck out. But, anyway, Reggie Bush finally gets in the Hall of Fame. Um, wanted to break that up. Uh, Broncos interviewed David Shaw. Uh, spent about seven years in the NFL as a coach um, prior to his Stanford run. His dad was a coach. His dad hired him. Uh, again, you know, it's all who you know. You always see the coaches that – get interviews and get back in the situation that we're already in the situation because of their situation. <laughs> it's always a situation. Their situation was you had a daddy that fucking coached in the NFL. That is your situation. So uh, David Shaw to the Broncos, David Shaw, Russell Wilson. I don't know. I could see that, I guess. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just, I don't see that happening. I don't think David Shaw's the splash higher that the Broncos are looking for. Uh, Matt McChesney jumps on. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him about that. Um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to break that down. I, I didn't mean to get a baseball chant going. You know, I just wanted to show you that I could spit out some baseball knowledge real quick, real easy. See, motherfuckers are like, damn, JB play baseball? No, I didn't fucking play baseball. I pitched one time. I threw a 98-mile-an-hour pitch one time on the gun because they wanted to see if I could pitch. This was in college. They were like, dog, we need a pitcher. Can you throw? And I'm like, I don't think I can throw. He's like, can we just see you throw one baseball? And it fucking hurt my arm because baseball is a completely different mechanism, right? Football is elongated, Baseball is small, and and my arm was very strong back in the day, and the baseball was so light in my hand that my arm was just fucking. So I threw a 98-mile-an-hour pitch, though, and they're like, dude, you could probably pitch 102 if you know how to pitch. And I'm like, yeah, well, good luck. I'm not going to go out there and kill a motherfucker. I don't want nothing to do with baseball. I used to hit when I was in Little League. I used to hit. I used to be a good hitter. I used to hit home runs and shit, and then I just couldn't stand baseball no more. But I know sports. See, that's what you don't get. See, I know fucking sports. It don't matter what sport. I know sports. Um, no, no way, Bruce. I'm lying. I just totally made up the story. Fuck. God damn. No, I just made it up. Like, I just said, fuck, let me 98. I'll say 98, 98. All right, I just want to make it up. <laughs> How about you call the Fort Hayes State college baseball coach and at the time, and you ask him, Hey, man, remember when JB was quarterback and you asked him to come out and pitch because we needed a pitcher and see how what his fucking gun speed was? They'll say, yeah, he threw like 98-mile fastball. I mean, goddamn. Um, not that fucking – why do I need to lie? <laughs> like, why the fuck do I need to lie about it? Like, goddamn. Why did I say 96? Why wouldn't I have said 99 miles an hour, Bruce? Why wouldn't I have wanted to at least look cooler? I had to say 98. That's the lie I made up. 98 of all the speeds. 98. <laughs> Hector, 98 miles an hour was the speed I had to lie about. 
God damn. Some of you motherfuckers blow my mind. It's almost exhausting. Like, some of you motherfuckers are exhausting. Like, it blows my mind. Dealing with social media, dog, it's fucking exhausting. Um, I like Bruce is worn on me, though. At least he's stuck around. Like, Bruce is here. He fucking is a member. Like, Bruce is war on us. I think Bruce is war on everybody on the, on the, in the community. I think people expect Bruce Helms. Like, Bruce Helms gets notoriety on Twitter now. Like, Bruce Helms' name gets thrown around on Twitter when I'm mentioned. That is how far Bruce Helms has came. A.K.A. Isaac Lords. A.K.A. fucking any of the other fuck. Uh, what was that one cat? Daniels or whatever. Who was the one cat that kept making uh, all this fucking accounts? Oh, man, we came a long way. Uh, a lot of you guys have been here since day one. I appreciate it. Uh, Slap Nation is in the house. Clap it up. Um, coach's crew. So, Broncos interview David Shaw. I don't think it's a great hire. Uh, I think he's past his time. I don't know if that's the hire that the Walmart's going to like, all right? Uh, I can't I can't walk around Walmart shopping and go get me some Georges. Okay, let me ask you guys a question. I got to, I got to, what's that thing you guys say? I was today's years old when I found out something. Whatever that young kids say. Uh, I see it on social media. I was today's many years old when I found out that whatever. Do you know that those T-shirts that Walmart makes, the George T-shirts, are the best T-shirts, by the way. If you guys don't know about the George T-shirts at Walmart, you're sleeping. The V-neck, the regular one. That's all I wear. I got a hundred of them. I buy, I just buy new packs all the time. I don't even, I just wash them and then I use them for cleaning the house. And I just buy a new pack. They're $15 for like six of them. They're the best t-shirts ever. Ever. Um, but I was today's years old. And I thought those were George Foreman t-shirts. Am I am I missing something? I thought George Foreman had his own line in, in, in Walmart. I thought he had those shorts and the shirts and all that shit. I thought it was George Foreman shit. I thought George Foreman had shit. You know why? Because I saw one of my homeboys posted that shit because he must have thought it years ago. I've been thinking those were George Foreman shirts. The entire fucking time. They're not George Foreman shirts at all. They're just George, whatever the fuck that is. I thought they were George Foreman's. <sighs> Dog. I thought they were George Foreman's, homie. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't give a fuck. I admit it when I'm wrong. I thought it was George Foreman. Ah, shit. Hey, dog, I saw somebody tell me they were George Foreman. I thought those were George Foreman. I've been telling motherfuckers I only, I only wear George Foreman t-shirts. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, you got to do your research, dog. You got to do your research. Um, I got to get into uh, the, the, the Jets hire or fire their offensive coordinator. So now they're blaming the coordinator uh, as most – a lot of people do. We blame the coordinators. The Jets are hiring a new offensive coordinator, um, which is unfortunate. They're hiring a not, an offensive coordinator to change some things up. It's it's crazy when it's like it's like putting an in it's like putting a fucking Corvette engine in a Yugo. Like why? It's still a Yugo. 
Like the car is not going to change. Well, you can change the engine, but if your quarterback's not very good, you're still in the same predicament. I don't give a fuck who calls the plays. Unless you're Andy Reid, of course, because we've seen what he's done with every fucking quarterback he's ever coached. So it makes sense. I, I love the Patrick Mahomes uh, hate I'm continuing to get from all the Kansas City natives. Um, it's funny as shit, man, how many DMs I get. But you know what? At the same time, I, I people forget. I, people just can't grasp the fact. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes being drafted by uh, the Jets back in the day or, or, or the Houston Texans or fucking uh, – any of these shitty programs, like any of these organizations draft Patrick Mahomes that have no O-line, no wideouts, no nothing. Has anyone ever talked about that? Has anyone brought up the fact that if Patrick Mahomes don't end up going, backing up Alex Smith, who also had a great year that year before he came in, uh, has anyone talked about Patrick Mahomes, would, would his career would be totally talked about differently? It's all about the luxury of your draft where you end up and that's why i think trevor lawrence is is growing faster on me than i expected i was like fuck dude he got drafted by a horrible organization trevor lawrence may we may never see what trevor lawrence really is and he's balling and i think i credit doug peterson so much because you know as i know you know as i say coaching's overrated i think coaching is overrated I think if you get the greatest players to get out there and you call a play, I think they'll execute it because they're fucking better than everybody else. But you still have to have a coach put you in the right situation. Not allow everything. Coach it up. Finite details. Be organized and structured. That is all in the coaching. Andy Reid does that better than most. Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winning coach. He does it better than most. You see the difference with similar talent and roster. From Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. One was a college guy who thought he was going to control the narrative about, with a bunch of grown paid people. And the other one understands that these are grown paid people. And I need to make it more of a player's environment and still have my non-negotiables. That is kind of how I break down a great coach compared to a guy trying to figure it out. And now you see Trevor Lawrence flourishing. Well, that is what Patrick Mahomes walked into. I think Patrick Mahomes is a great dude. I've heard great stories. I think he's a good kid and all that shit. I haven't seen anything that he's done that's shitbird. But at the same time, I'm not attacking the kid's character. I'm not attacking his kid's talent. All I've said is I think he's overrated. And I just get fucking... I've, I've got DMs where the guy liked me and thought I was a great coach and, and, and mentor. And now he says I'm a clown and I'm a piece of shit. Because I because I said Patrick Mahomes overrated. Like, dog, that is loyalty. I'll be real. That is fucking loyalty to a T. Um, whoo, shit. That is fucking loyalty, dog. Um, yes, sir. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. If you're not a member, become one. $1.99, $2.99 Discord. Make sure you guys check it out. And get in there. Um, Dana White comes out finally and says criticism is 100% warranted. Um, but his main backer, he has this guy that uh, apparently who's who's gone after Kyrie Irving 
who's gone after uh, Kanye West. This guy, I don't know if you know who he is, has gone after all these guys. Well, apparently he's Dana White's homeboy, and he he runs a big art. He has a big time following, and he's been silent about Dana White. Hasn't blown it up at all. And apparently this guy is one of the most sole responsible people for blowing up things and getting it out there in mass media. And he did it with Kanye, did it with Kyrie. He's done it with all these other folks, but he has not done it with Dana White. So all these women politicians and women's right activists have gone, came out of California, have gone after this cat. And apparently they're going after this guy who throws this shit around in the media for why he's being quiet about Dana White. So Dana White's playing the I fucked up card, which he can only do, right? You can't defend his actions on tape. You can't. It's just like, it, it blows my mind. Dana White's caught on camera hitting a woman, his wife. Twice, by the way, twice. I, I just can't fathom a grown man who's put in, by the way, he's a pretty put to shape, in shape guy, right? Put together guy. I can't fathom him hitting a woman. Like, it blows my mind. Like, you will never, ever, I will never, ever, ever, ever look at this motherfucker again like a man. I'm going to look at him like a bitch-made cat forever and ever and ever. And I'm sitting there like, you can't deny it. You're on tape. But why can I deny, why can't we deny um film when i break it down when i break down nfl film why are you guys so much in denial <laughs> like it's still the eye in the sky dog I'm, I'm confused how do you deny that shit like how do you deny it i'm i'm fucking confused as shit how do you deny the eye in the sky like, does that not make sense to you? Like, I don't understand. How can you deny it? How do you deny this throw right here? That's Patrick Mahomes. Can't make it big screen, but that's Patrick Mahomes right there, dog. A no-look pass 10 yards out of bounds to a wide-open Kelsey because he's a fucking gimmicky quarterback. What do you mean? He's gimmicky, dog. I'm not saying he's shitty. I'm just saying he's gimmicky. He fucking does no look and all that. Oh, man, get the fuck out of here with that shit. But you can sit there and see that and say, ah, JB, you're lying. Well, is Dana White lying by slapping the fuck out of the female? So you can admit to that, but not Patrick Mahomes throwing shit all over the park. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Uh, so Dana White's come out. Basically, California legislators demand Endeavor CEO remove Dana White as UFC president. Um, I, shit. Here's the thing. The law, the state lawmakers chastised CEO Ari Emanuel. So if you don't know who Ari Emanuel is, that's the guy who's gone after all these different people. And uh, apparently he's he's wrote an op-ed calling Kanye West business partners to cut ties with him for remaining silent after TMZ video of Dana White slapping his wife. He's being quiet, but he came after Kanye, Kyrie, all these different people. And yet Dana White has basically stayed out of the news. And then when the 
the Hamlin situation happened, Dana White disappeared. Dana White disappeared. So this thing came out. Since the incident, Endeavor boss Ari Emanuel, who publicly took Mel Gibson to task for anti-Semitic tirade and more recently wrote an op-ed in the Financial Times calling it Kanye West business partners to cut ties with the rapper in the wake of his own anti-Semitic comments, has remained silent regarding Dana White. Emmanuel was also not immediately available for comment. Dog, I've been telling you guys, though, we pick and choose who we defend and who we go after. I'm the asshole that cusses at kids. Kirby Smart does the exact same thing, and he's a god. Dog, you guys don't understand. I'm, I'm very confused. And I love the dick writers who say, well... Kirby didn't say anti-Semitic things. Did I? So you saw what a kid said I said, and which was totally blown out of context and proportion. And then that is what you decide that you're going to make your trigger word about JB. Go, you're going to go with that, huh? (laughs) Dog, just shut up. Just shut the fuck up. I wish you guys would just be honest and say, you know what? I just don't like you, JB. You're come off as an asshole. But Kirby's smart because you see him on ESPN every day talking to the media, and he sits there with a country bunking voice, and he sits there and talks great, and they don't love it. And you guys all love it. But JB, don't go on ESPN every day and talk about this, this, and this. See, that's the thing. You see a guy who don't cuss on TV. 99.9% of the time, like Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Davos Sweeney, all these coaches. But then you see a leaked video or hear a leaked audio and you see him cussing. And half of you go, he cussed at those kids. And then the other half go, that's football. But I had 99.9% who saw me only cussing at kids because that's the only side you see. That's how they depicted it. You didn't see me talk to boosters. You didn't see me talk to media. You didn't see me talk to kids privately. That is the difference. But you're so fucking dumb that you can't understand that there's a fucking huge fucking issue. And it's called context. It's called editing. It's called what you see. And now you make assumptions like a bunch of cowardly cunt fucks do. See, assumption makers are fucking pussies. You pussy fake fucks who assume you know someone are the epitome of bottom-feeding fucks in this country. And that's the problem. 90% of you are bottom-feeders. You've never done anything in life. And when you see me do it and be successful at it as I cuss out people, you're like, that's not right. That guy should never coach again. (laughs) It blows my mind, the fucking softness. Uh, (sighs) Yeah, you saw me in a fucking jacuzzi. Smoking a stick, drinking some yak. Um, Shit, I should have been on there just fucking getting my dick sucked. 
I should have just had fuck bitches over in the jacuzzi sucking my dick, see if they would have filmed that shit. Might as well. Shit. Might as well. It couldn't have hurt me any more than it did, right? <laughs> like, let's be honest. It couldn't have hurt me any more than it already did. So I should have just did that shit. Could have had a straight porno shot on that motherfucker. Might as well. Last chance you porn with Coach JB. Like, fucking look at the oxymoron in that. Um, but, hey, what do I know? Is what it is. Um, let me let me bring this up real quick. I gotta bring this up real quick. I posted this tweet yesterday. Brian Flores started one and seven, finished uh, nine and eight. It should be nine and eight. This was before they were both eight and eight. Mike McDaniel started seven and three and finished nine and eight. Okay, I brought this up and. I brought this up and I'm sitting there like, okay, one guy gets raved about because he's a weirdo fuck and everyone loves him now, right? Everyone loves this guy, uh, Mike McDaniel. Oh, coach, he's a great guy. I love him. I don't love him. I think the fucking dude's a weirdo fuck. And I've been saying it from the jump. Give it time. The locker room will eventually run dormant of you they will be tired of your fucking non-emotional antic ass the other guy flores is fired for basically first of all had a much worse roster second of all had to deal with an owner who didn't want him there who was accusing him of shit and thirdly stop talking about race apparently they're both mike mcdaniel's black too apparently (laughs) apparently he's black too but this post wasn't about race. I didn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what color you are. I don't give a fuck about what color you are. And if it was about race, I would have just said it. When the fuck have you known me to not say what I'm going to say, what I'm thinking? So I give a fuck what color they are. And I don't believe it's a racial thing. All I'm saying is it's funny how we talk about one dude as a god and one dude as ah. Uh, Flores was shitty. He did this. He did that. Really? I I think they ended up the same at the end of the day. One got in the playoffs losing six of seven, though, and got one guy won six of seven and was fired. It's all about perception, how we perceive shit, and the narrative that gets pushed by the mass media and everyone who thinks people, some people didn't like Flores. He got after players. He was an asshole. He got after coaches, right? Had a buddy coaching on that staff. Flores used to get after his staff. Oh, you mean he was doing football things? McDaniels is a lover. He's not a fighter. He's a nice guy. Well, they lost six out of seven. <laughs> they lost six out of seven. Um so, you know, I'm just, I just wanted to bring up this perception of things. That's all. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to bring that up for you guys. Um, I want to also show you Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. Um, Jackson has won two of three head to head meetings versus Burrow. Um, this is the playoffs, though. Burrow's three and one. Lamar's one and three. Team points per completion percentage, touchdowns for his picks, passers rating. 
Playoffs, Burrow shines. Playoffs, Lamar struggles. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering. Is Lamar scared to perform and play because he knows if he loses another playoff game that he knows his 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 legacy's cooked? Has anyone talked about that? Has anyone thought about him maybe being scared to perform under pressure? Maybe he don't want to play in this playoffs so he doesn't hurt himself any more than he already is. I'm not saying hurt physically. I'm talking about hurting his public persona and image so that ESPN can't talk about. Remember Ryan Clark said he was going to be the MVP and the Ravens were going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, he blatantly came out and said that shit. I'm going to find the clip. Um, he blatantly said Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm sitting there like, damn, pretty bold statement. But if I said anything bold like that, I'd be fucking castrated. Um I want to know if anyone's bringing up Ryan Clark and uh, this aired this this thing aged well. I want to know. I want to see all of these aged well fucking tweets about Ryan Clark. I want to see these aged well teams about Ryan Clark. I can't wait for that. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think Lamar Jackson's scared to perform. I think he's scared to go out and choke so that he doesn't hurt his contract negotiations anymore. Did you watch Harbaugh's interview yesterday? Did you see Harbaugh's interview talking about Lamar Jackson? Did you see his interview at all? His interview was uh, very, very dismissive. I don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson. I have a team to get ready to play a playoff game. I don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson. What's going on with Lamar Jackson? I don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. That tells me a lot. Tells me a lot when Harbaugh don't really want to talk about him. Um, Gabriel said, but coach, he bet on himself and won. Who won? Who won? Gabriel, who won? Lamar won? What does he want? He ain't getting paid, dog. Lamar's not going to get paid, bro. Sorry, he ain't getting paid. Are you going to pay a dude that's been hurt for 16 practices? Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced in 16 practices. 16 practices. What the hell has he won? I'm confused. I, I don't know if Gabriel's... Saying saying it right. Maybe it means something else. Um, um, I don't know. The Rooney Rule is a fucking joke. So, sorry. The Rooney Rule is the biggest joke ever put into place. So, whoever agrees with that, you're wrong. Sorry. I've had Marshall Falk on this show, and we've literally talked about the Rooney Rule in depth. The Rooney Rule is a joke. So don't get me started on the Rooney Rule. Uh, the Rooney Rule is an absolute mockery. <laughs> uh, let's see. At you, man. I appreciate the great Marshall Falk for joining us, Hall of Famer. Uh, I got a quote of the day, man. Quit looking in the rearview mirror. We, we all grew up together out here. So um, 
you know, I hope Eric gets a shot, man. I, the people that, you know, they hired to do the Eagles hire. Oh boy, this motherfucker can't even speak on the damn mic. Like, and they're saying Eric don't interview well, like, well, shit, he still deserves a shot to say he failed or he proved himself. Like this dude's getting a shot. He can't even speak. You know, you know, oh, when man. people don't interview well, that means they're not speaking your language. No, that's exactly right. I was about to say the like, same shit. Hell yeah, like, you're right. Like, like when they say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't know what they're saying. We ain't speaking to say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand? Nah, mm -hmm. I don't understand. That's basically what they're saying. Hell yeah, that's what it is, man. And like I said, until we get some black owners in there, man, to get some black GMs, we got to, it's just one of them things, man. I've had multiple people on talking about it. It's just, it's a shitty thing. We got this Rooney rule and I don't know if you agree. I, you know, it's controversial. I've had Marcellus Wiley on. We grew up together as well, man. And Larry Allen and, and def different dudes in Compton. And we were talking about this, man, before I let you get out of here. I'm like, you know, man, if I was Marvin Jones or Marvin Lewis, who who took these token interviews with the Cowboys last year and a couple other dudes, and I know Marvin a little bit. Marvin's a great dude. He was at Arizona State last year. But I would be like, Marvin, fuck him. Don't, don't, don't interview. Don't take the interview. Because you know, and it's hard to do, though. And he, and he told me, he's like, JV, it's hard to do for the young brothers, though, coming up. Because if the young brothers see me turn it down, then – they don't have a shot, and I, and it's just in a horrible catch twenty two situation, man. And I just think that it's uh, JB, it's let's hard. Be real. Let's be real. I love Marvin, but Marvin got to know these people ain't hiring his ass, man. That's what I said. Come on, <laughs> Marvin, man. You, you understand? You got the longest tenure for a losing coach in Cincinnati, a black losing coach. Yeah, so what? Shit, 12, 15 years, damn near. Come on, man. You you not you're not getting that. You're not getting that. That's exactly not, right. That's not going to happen. I just wanted to bring that video back up. He, these cats know they're not getting those interviews. I mean, those jobs. They interview as a slap in the face. I told Marshall, and I've talked to Marcellus Wiley, I've said, listen, if you stop taking the token interview, it may change things. By you taking the token Rooney interview, not going to change things. That is the cold discipline portion of this thing that no one talks about. Everyone thinks, oh, you got to take the interview. Well, if black folk coaches stop taking the token interview only to see McCarthy be hired the same day as Marvin Lewis interviewed. Now, how fucking big of a slap in the face is that? You're telling me that you interviewed two people in one day and then you said, all right, well, you're not the guy, but McCarthy is hired. <laughs> Come on, man. Are we this ignorant? Are we this fucking dumb? How about you don't take the token interview, and then we can move on and start forcing their hand and making them even look worse. They put a rule into place. 32 white owners put a rule into place to interview black coaches. Listen. You're either a good coach or you're not. I don't give a fuck if you're yellow, green, blue, black, white, green, yellow. I don't give a fuck what color you are. But putting in the rule to interview a minority is a fucking slap in the face to minorities. Don't interview and then make the NFL look dumb for passing by on the situation of guys like Mike Tomlin, Flores, Bowles, Lovey Smith, some of these coaches aren't good head coaches. They're, I don't care if they're black or white. Lovey Smith hasn't really been a good head coach. And Bowles hasn't really been a good head coach. 
Sorry, they happen to be black. And guess what? Josh McDaniels hasn't been a fucking good head coach. And he's white. And he's absolutely shitty. And he needs to be an offensive coordinator only. And Bowles and Lovey need to be a defensive coordinator only. Flores has done pretty damn good as a head coach. Mike Tomlin's probably in my top five all time as a head coach, as a black man. So don't miss, miss me with the color shit. I'm telling you that stop taking this token interviews. And I wanted to show that Marshall Falk interview because he agrees as well. Marvin knew he wasn't getting that fucking job. What did the interview really do? Nothing. Nothing. It allowed the next black coach to take another token interview. But if big-time figureheads like the Dion's and these other guys of the world, if because they're going to get called, and if they say, fuck you, I'm not taking no damn token interview, which I think Dion may be the guy to do it, now you'll start seeing some shit change. Now you'll start seeing motherfuckers actually change their mind. Um, so, hey, it is what it is. Um, thanks, Tyree um, Hall. Thanks for letting me know I'm not racist. I'm not really worried about anyone thinking I'm racist, by the way. <laughs> uh, all you gotta do is fucking Google me, homeboy. Uh, you'll find out real fucking quick who I am. And tell me why Mahomes takes wild. See, I love when people tell me your takes are wild, but you have no rebuttal. You literally can't tell me why they're wild. You just say they're wild. See, you dick riders all are the same. All you can say is you're a clown. That's it. I see it on Twitter. That's it. That's all you said. You, I never got a message saying, Coach, here's a real thing for you. Mahomes has done X, Y, Z, and these guys have done this, this, and this. All you say is, your takes are shit. You're a clown. You're wild. Because <laughs> you don't fucking know nothing. You just want to be heard and clickbait fucking sound. You want to hear a tweet, retweet, and a like. That's all you're here for. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Fucking Tyree Hall. Tyree Hall, if you knew what you were talking about, you'd be fucking coaching, homie. I guess no disrespect to you. I'm just telling you the real. Keep working your job that you do so great and let me handle this. I have it. But you can't produce a resume, dog. I'm not going to spend my time on you. And not, not, not you, Tyree Hall, in specific. But I'm just being, I'm just talking about guys like you who come and talk shit, but have no facts. You don't break down no facts. Like, at least let's debate it and have a real conversation. But that's all you do. You just say, your, your, your take's wild. Well, show me why, homie. But you can't. You can't show me why. Because I know more football in my pinky toe than you do in your whole body times 25,000 and all your homies combined. That's why. But I'm just saying, I, I don't understand. Why, Tyree, if you agree to that, why do you think you can come out and say your take is wild then? If you don't know more than me or close to what I know in this profession, why would you come out and say your take's wild? Then, see, for me, I would just shut the fuck up. See, I wouldn't say shit about to someone else in their profession that actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. 
I wouldn't tell a motherfucker at Walmart how to fucking stack eggs, homie. I don't know how to stack eggs. I don't know how to stack eggs. So why would you talk to me about my fucking expertise when you don't know? It, it fucking blows my mind. It's sec- I, it gives me secondhand embarrassment, dog. I get embarrassed by cats like you who have no understanding of what the fuck it takes to even, let alone coach a room of fucking grown men, a little less, a little bit less understand how to call a game, scheme a game, break down a game, and, but yet you jump into my lane as if you know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't, and I don't know what you do, so I'm not going to ever assume I know what you do. See, that's the difference, and if I did, I would give you a fucking reason as to why. If I'm going to comment, I'm going to say this is why you should do this. And this is why I know this. But so many of you, dog, can't even do that. All you say is, that takes wild. And then have a laughing face. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. <sighs> Now Tyree Googled some shit, and now he's coming up with stats 30 minutes later. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know who gets the MVP. We're going to talk about that here in a little while. Um, I don't know who gets the MVP. I really don't. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., is he going to USC? I know Zach Smith talked about it on his show. Um, I know he talked about it on his show, but nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. I, I So Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show, man, and be honest. Uh, I talked to him quite a bit on Instagram. Good kid. Good kid. Uh, we have good conversations on Instagram. I'm going to try to get him on here, man. It'd be a great conversation. Um, I'm sure he's not going to do anything right now until he makes a decision on this whole thing and takes all the backlash from Ohio State and all the praise from USC. As we know, that is how this thing works. Caleb Williams is from Pennsylvania or in our D.C. area, D.C., Baltimore border area. And so is Marvin Harrison Jr. Apparently, they're boys. Apparently, that is a scenario. Apparently, Marvin Harrison knows C.J. Stroud is leaving. Apparently, he doesn't like the backup because if he did, he wouldn't be leaving. So it's going to be very, very curious. Um, I'm very, very curious as to what's going to happen. I'm very curious as to what's going to happen there. And I'm so curious as to why cats just keep jumping ship. Why are we keep jumping ship? <sighs> yeah, Marvin don't need a, to improve his draft status. So he's not a guy that needs to go get a big-time quarterback and, and have a great year somewhere. But if he, that's, I just don't, dog, listen, I would love to talk to him and pick their brain and ask one of these guys, why do you transfer? Because Ohio State's a great organization and playoff team, right? You guys are better than SC this year. You guys could have, you easily won a national title. 
I don't think it matters to these kids. I don't think it, 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 they give a flying fuck. Ohio State could have won the Natty, and I still think this would be t- – I still believe this is a topic of discussion today. After if – this, if this said Ohio State is national champs, I still believe this is a conversation we're having today because I don't believe they give a fuck. They want to go to the next best thing every single possible anytime they can. It is what I tell you all the time. It's it's it, we want instant gratification. We want 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 want. We don't want to have to persevere and go through a tough patch anymore. We don't want to go through any hard lessons in life. We don't want to develop tough skin no more. And we don't have any coaches pushing us to do so. There is no more JBs. There's no more JBs. Sorry. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know about that. I don't know. Um Steve Kim's going to join us here in a few minutes. Um, love to get his take on some things I broke down on the draft yesterday. Um, Light Skin Larry, you need to become a member. You got to become a member, dog, and, I'll, and you can call in and have live conversations. Um, I don't know if you got to see Dion on Pat McAfee or on anyone else's show, but he he basically people have been sending me all these videos. Um, listen, dog, each his own, but people sending videos like, "Damn, Dion does sound exactly like you." He does say everything you said on the show. Well, look, I got buddies that coach with them and understand, and I know who Dion is. Uh, I know what he says, and I know some of the shit he's done and said, and I know where it came from, and I know it's my shit. But listen, football is a thieves game. You're supposed to steal, but you're also supposed to give credit. So um, Steve Kim joins us. Uh, Steve, it's light. There's no clouds. You got light. I like having you on when, the, when it's not dark and shit. Morning. The, the clouds have opened up. Uh, JB, I was listening to you about the whole transfer portal thing. It's really interesting. You talk about the kids having commitment. Yesterday, I was on the weekly Miami Hurricane space hosted by Caneville and Footballville, two good friends of mine out in South Florida. And a former player jumped on that all Miami fans will remember. His name is Amon Richards, okay? This guy would have been a first-round draft choice. In 2016, he set the Miami freshman record for most receiving yards. I mean, this this is probably our best peer receiving prospect we had since Andre Johnson. But unfortunately, the rest of his career, he had a bad hamstring, and then he had a neck, and he had to retire. And I asked him uh, yesterday, because we were talking about the transfer portal, I said, Amon, after your first year, if you would have gotten offers, if there was an NIL back then, would you have been tempted? And he said, oh, absolutely not. My dad would have just said, get your ass back to Miami, and you're going to practice there. That's where we committed. And basically, he said... He said, look, I'm glad I went to Miami. No matter what happened in my life, I'm very satisfied. Life is not always easy. 
it basically prepared me for the next stage after football, which, by the way, enough, not enough players, parents, coaches, uh, advisors talk about it because the NFL career averages out to about three and a half years. So by the age of 26, 27, even if you make the league, you got to find out what you're going to do in the next chapters of your life. So I asked him, I said, do you, so is it true when a coach says to you, you're not just signing for three to five years, you're making a 50 year commitment. And, and Oman says, you couldn't be, that couldn't be more right because the contacts that I've made outside of football are now my business partners and my mentors that I could use the rest of my life. And, and so my thing is coach, if you keep switching schools all the time, how do you build those relationships? You can't. Steve, you can't. We, used, we used to recruit guys all the time, and I'm like, one of my pitches, I'm, I'm like, well, like, damn, coach, you sent a lot of guys to Alabama, USC, Oregon, whatever the school may be. And I'm like, yeah. And the parents are like, oh, man, it'd be huge to get a, de a degree from, from USC. It'd be huge to get a degree from UCLA, you yeah. know, one of, the, one of the best public schools in America, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you want to come and go to those schools and have those options, well, guess what? I've sent more kids to this school than anyone else, right? Right. And uh, that's no longer a thing because mm. degrees and having that piece of paper from that school, graduating from that school used to matter a lot in the job force, right? Like UCLA degree or Miami, a private institution or USC law, yeah. you had a USC law degree. Like, fuck, that carries weight. Coach. Not anymore. Uh Amon said that there are people now that are a part of his inner circle. That he says, back when I was a football player at Green Tree Practice Field, I'd walk right past them, would never pay him any mind. Long hair, ponytail guys that turned out to be billionaires, but I got to know them. And, and my, my view is look, football is an important facet of why you go to any school. Let's be honest, coach. That's why they recruit you. I mean, they, they look at your stats before they look at your GPA, but that also matters. But you have to choose a school for the right reasons. I don't know if you've heard about what's going on with Jalen Rashad, the quarterback out of Northern California. He was a Florida commit, then a Miami commit, ended up signing his uh, letter of intent to Florida. But now, I guess the Gators, they're collected with the NIL, is not coming up with the money they promised. He wants out of his NIL but throughout the whole process, his father has basically shopped him around. And my, it's like, what are you doing? Are you going to the school that you want, or are you just going to the highest bidder? And I made a point yesterday. I don't want to recruit a player that if he ends up being really good as freshman or sophomore year, that you have to keep re-recruiting him every single season. I think coaches and programs have a right to say, we don't have to. We shouldn't have to re-recruit every single doggone. What's going out here right now is absolute anarchy, Coach. It ain't good. No, it ain't. Like this, 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 this kind of bothers me right here. Like this, this seeing this bothers me because I don't know. Like, does you do you really leave an Ohio State to go to USC? Like, yeah, I, I, I just Marvin Harrison's the number one receiver. He literally his his injury literally flipped the national title from Columbus to Athens, right? And there, someone needs to come out there. You know, they have that no snitching policy. Well, th well, this ain't the streets, okay? Um, someone needs to just flat out 
point the finger at Lincoln Riley and say, hey, Lincoln, put it out on social media. Hey, Lincoln, we would respectfully ask you uh, to stop actively recruiting our players and tampering and have everyone do it. There has to be honor among thieves. But, uh, but again, I think a lot of this has to do with the kid just has to say, hey, I'm a Buckeye. I'm a Buckeye. I'm going to stay a Buckeye. This program's been good to me. But maybe maybe the Buck and Zach Smith talks about it all the time. Their NIL collective and the way they handle things, it, it's not really top-notch like some of these other schools. But a lot of these people wanted unmitigated, unfettered free agency for college players without understanding the ramifications of it. This, this, this I posted this yesterday. <clears throat> uh, and my point was everyone, oh, it's a race thing. Well, no, it's not. It's a shitty thing. And I posted this the other day, Brian Flores started off one and seven and got fired, finishing nine and eight. Mike McDaniel started off seven and three, and now he's nine and eight, getting in the playoffs. Um, what is the big difference between these two? Why is one of them loved and one of them hated, or or well, at least one of them's not talked about? One of them, yeah. Out. One of them, you know, Mike, like you said, the weirdo Mike McDaniel, kind of a quirky guy, gives better sound bites, easier to deal with in terms of the media, at least from their perspective. The one used to cuss out coaches and players, and yeah. and the other one, you know, played a fun offense. At least when Tua was upright, and you know they got Tyree killed, they're very explosive, and you know maybe when you lose thirty four to thirty one, it's better than losing ten seven. Still a loss. Um, I do think Brian Flores got a bit of a raw deal, but again, he didn't, his people skills, his ability to get along with people were, were thrown into question, but, um, I don't know what the difference is other than the fact that Mike McDaniel was friendlier to the media. So the perception of him, uh, was a little bit different than with Brian Flores. So that's what I think it is, but you're right. The results are the results. Um, and also, one guy seemed to be much more favorable in terms of his treatment of Tua. Now, it turns out maybe Brian Flores is right. There are athletic Im limitations with Tua and the fact he's not very durable. And I guess he's not playing in that playoff game. Me and Whitlock talked about it for about 20 minutes. Um, and this was before the report came out that he did not pass concussion protocol. My view is this, Coach. If he would have passed the protocol – and the Dolphins were still afraid to play him, then guess what? Then he's not your quarterback. Then he's because every year is a 17 week or 18 week grind with one bye week. And if you will, are not willing to play your quarterback when he's cleared and he's able because you're afraid of the public perception or the fact that he's very fragile, again, he just wouldn't be built for this. I got a take. I got an interesting take on Lamar. I don't know if you heard my Lamar take. Uh, he's one, two, or three against Burrow head to head in the regular season. He's one and three in the playoffs. Burrow's three and one in the playoffs. I got an interesting take on this. Um, I want to hear your take. I think Lamar Jackson is scared to show up and play in the game because of what the public persona is going to be when he loses it again. I think he's scared to play in this meaningful game because he's going to lose again. They're going to say, well, you don't deserve any contract. So he'd rather stay hurt than play. That is my take on this. And a lot of people are going to blast me for it, but I love it. I don't think he has, I don't think he performs under pressure very well. And I don't believe, I think people are telling him like his mother, who is his agent, 
Well, let's just end the season now because if you lose this playoff game, you're really not getting a fucking contract. And I don't think I think he's already played himself out of the contract deal and negotiations. Um, I don't think I think he's cooked as far as that goes. But do you think that take carries water any weight? Yeah, I, I said it yesterday on Fearless. The problem is if he plays the game, that's what he's going to be judged on are his performance and the results. And I believe the Bengals are going to run away with it. I mean, me and you have been charting this for a while. Even when Lamar was healthy, they weren't scoring a lot of points the last month or so with him at quarterback. There were way too many games where I'd look at the score and me and you would be DMing each other because of your fantasy picks. And I, I, I can reveal yesterday, every week you do one thing. Whatever defense is playing the Ravens offense, that's where you punch that one up right away. And I started noticing too many games, middle of the third quarter, two minutes into the fourth, they have 10 to 13 points. And it was like, wow, they they actually are not scoring a lot. It's almost like the league had caught up to them. And you're right. So this is a catch-22. If Lamar doesn't play, the perception will be, whether it's fair or not, damaged goods. He's injured. We can no longer trust him to play 16, 17 games and beyond. And his mobility is basically his biggest weapon. Now, if he plays, and let's say outside of a miracle where he suddenly revives himself and he plays a mediocre to bad game, then he damages his value even further. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that his handlers may be saying, hey, wait, wait, the safest option is to not play. Not that that helps them. But sometimes you take the least damaging or least risk-averse choice that you have. And we could be wrong. I, I think I, I know guys that have coached him, and they say he's a competitive guy and, and all that. I'm not saying he's cowering out or anything, but I'm saying this is a huge business, and it's a conglomerate business, and you're dealing with a conglomerate. And I personally think something's been done already. I personally mm. think from talking to – I've had Patrick Queen on this show – uh, one of their star linebackers. I've had certain, I, I, I talked to certain people and I'm sitting there looking at all of these things and I'm sitting there open-mindedly speaking now. I'm thinking about this outside the box. You just signed Roquan Smith to a $100 million deal, the highest paid linebacker in football. $20 million a year. How do you pay Lamar Jackson now? So I'm starting yeah. to think, you just signed this guy to anchor your defense. You already have Patrick Queen. You got a pretty good defense. You can go get better on defense. It's starting to sound to me as if we're going to go back to the defensive days of the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed era. Get us a average to quality quarterback who won't beat us and is a sustainable guy like a Trent Dilfer. And it looks to be trending that way again, Steve. Nobody's mentioned it on the mainstream media. I'm starting to see Harbaugh saying, you know what? We're going to get back to defense. We got a good running back. We got a couple good running backs. We got a good old line. We're going to go get a couple wideouts. We're going to run play action. We're going to run some fucking run downhill, play great defense, and get a quarterback that's able to play every game and not get hurt and get the ball to receivers on time. And that can be a number of guys, Steve. We can go get Cooper Rush to do that. We can get Heineke. We can get fucking uh, Zappy. We can go get a lot of guys out there right now who have proved that they can play in this league. How about Jimmy G? 
So mm. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying there's a lot of scenarios out there um, that is interesting. Um, I want to grade, I want to grade some coaches with you. Um, first year coach grades. These are the grades that were graded by the mainstream people. And Kevin O'Connell got a B plus. Brian Dable got an A minus. Matt Eberflus at Chicago got a D plus. And Mike McDaniel ended up going from an A to a C plus. Where do you like the rookie head coaches as far as these grades? Well, Dable stands out the most. I mean, they they not only had a great season, but they look like they have a great future moving forward. Coach, I'm with you. I would ride with Daniel Jones. I wouldn't give him an outlandish quarterback, uh, quarterback contract, which means nothing near $40 million. Something that's within reason because he does a lot of the things that you just described of what you want in a quarterback, and he's incredibly athletic. Um, but he has no wideouts. He has no real weapons outside of handing the ball off to Saquon Barkley. But he's got to get some perimeter threats where he has 15 to 20 easy plays a game where the ball gets out early and, and not have to play Superman on, on an athletic level. And, of course, they can play some defense. And it looks like they've drafted well. But the Dable, by far, has done the best job. I mean, I remember when they beat the Titans the first week on a two-point conversion. I'm thinking to myself, that's a nice start. You're going to cut back down to earth. They'll win the five to seven games, and then they can keep building. They made the playoffs. They may absolutely made the playoffs, and they battled most of the teams hard. So he did a great job. Um, Eberflus is interesting. Um, he got a D plus. Coach, if you are the Bears, <laughs> how long do you ride with Justin Fields, or do you make that immediate move to get one of those quarterbacks this season? I think that's one of the biggest stories of the draft coming up. Um, I don't know if you watched my show yesterday. I broke that down in full. I was going to do it with you today. Um, I was going to break that down uh, with you and see what you thought here in a second. Um, Interesting that you asked that. Uh, I, I I don't know about the grades. Uh, Mike McDaniel, I think that's about right. Uh, the veteran coaches, I think Doug Peterson deserves an A. Yes. Um, and Todd Bowles, ah, I, I just think he's a defensive coach. I don't think he's a head coach. Either is Josh McDaniels. I think Josh McDaniels is an offensive coach, not a head coach. Steve Wilkes got an A- minus as an interim. And Jerry Rosberg, the guy who was a fucking – analyst who walmart hired um is a b plus jeff saturday gets a d plus for winning one game and i don't know how he's even in the consideration anymore um i still keep hearing that he's in the consideration for becoming the new head coach there like can you hire a guy that won one game as your also, interim also blew a 30 point lead also got blown out on national tv look at the, the thing literally peaked after they beat the raiders uh looking at the other thing look steve wilkes if I'm the Panthers, I think that's my coach. That team was battling. Me too. That or he's someone's coach. Oh, yeah. he's he's a coach over. I'm sorry. I know you love Ben Johnson. I would take Wilkes over Ben Johnson. No, no. Right now, if, if I'm the Panthers, I'm not saying it's fixed. But with Steve Wilkes, it ain't broken. And I was highly impressed. They're the one team to bludgeon and blow out the Lions the last two and a half months. They just absolutely steamrolled them. Dan Campbell came right over to him during the post-game handshake. Hey, you whipped our ass. You did a great job. And he gave him a thumbs up. By the way, the other two grades, 
Dennis Allen is another guy that's just a coordinator. He gets an F. Saints are going nowhere with them. I mean, just look at his overall record as a head coach. It hasn't worked. Minus is way too high to me. See, my he should get a G or an H. It's worse than an F. Uh, that that I'm sorry, Dennis Allen is a good football guy. I'm sure he's a very good coordinator. But look at his overall record as a head coach. It, it just speaks for itself. Uh, also, yeah, Todd Bowles. Ugh, I just I just get the sense Tom Brady is very irritated by certain things um, and the way they are run. But as for Jeff Saturday. Does, does Jeff Saturday still want to coach uh, after this? Ex- it kind of reminds me of Magic Johnson when he took over as the interim head coach at the end of, I believe, the 93 or 94 season. Um, he took over. They won one game, I think. It was a lot of excitement. And then all of a sudden, Magic realized this is a full-time job where there's really no time off. You have to, as soon as you win or lose one game, you got to go on to the next. You got to show up earlier stay later um the losses stick with you and as they kept losing more and more games i think his record was like two and 13 at the very end by the end of it he told jerry bus jerry i did you a solid you get yourself a new coach this is not for me it was almost i would say the two worst things magic ever did was trying to be a head coach in the magic hour one of those two things both were pretty bad um let me see here get mad at the test all right here's my here's my take uh Here's my deal on yesterday. I broke down these drafts. I'm going to get into some more draft picks later on. I got these, uh, I broke some draft stuff down. And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, all right, Bears get the number one pick. Um, I want to get your take. I did this whole thing on, on, uh, let me get this to Matt real quick. I did this whole thing on, I think the Bears should, there's two things they can go, two ways they can travel. They can draft Bryce Young, trade Justin Fields to Houston for the number two pick in the draft, and take defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. And we know they still need O-line help and wide receiver help, but your team got a lot better. Now, I don't believe you're going to be a contender with Bryce Young year one either. It's back to another rookie quarterback who doesn't understand what the NFL really entails, but... You got a great D tackle and a better roster move, and you can get some things from the Texans. Um, I'm sure you can get a, the number two and another pick in the first round, possibly. Maybe you ask for the number two and the number 12 that Texans hold, and you take Justin Fields and you get both the two and the 12, and you draft an O lineman and a D tackle or a wide out, and you get Bryce Young. That's an option. Um, what is your take? If I'm the Bears, and again, I don't know what their internal discussions are about whether they think Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback or the, if he's just a running back that throws the ball 10 times a game. But um, here's my view of it right now. Bryce Young, for as talented as he is, Coach, he's small. That's the thing. And a lot of what he does is about extending plays. How does that translate to the next level? Um if I'm the Bears, I would actually give Justin Fields one more year, at least as a stopgap, and trade down and try to get pieces. Because generally, most teams that are in the top 10 drafting, and I'm not talking about the ones that have a trade, 
that have gotten someone else's number one draft choice, like the Seattle Seahawks have with Russell Wilson, they're not really one player away. They have to stock the cupboard. So if I'm the Bears, I'd be like, you know what? Let's try to get some pieces to fortify the whole roster. But I would make it a point. They, they need a receiver. Chase Claypool almost made no impact. Darnell Mooney's really a second or third receiver. Um, that's what I would do. If I'm the Bears, I try to actually draft in volume. There, there's rarely a time, I believe, when you have a Troy Aikman, John Elway, that if you have that top three pick and you say, that's our guy and that's going to be our quarterback for the next 12 years, at least nowadays, because every quarterback nowadays coming out of college, for the most part, Coach, I believe is a mirage based on the style of play and the systems that are run today in college. Yeah. I, you know, look at the small quarterbacks that have been drafted. Kyler Murray struggles. I mean, we know he's a mental midget on top of a midget, but at the same <laughs> time, he struggles, right? Uh, like, who's the last small quarterback we, you know, that's had success? I mean, you could argue Russell Wilson's a six-footer. Uh, Drew Brees obviously was a six footer. Uh, those guys were, those guys, you know, got Super Bowl victories. They, they, you know, Drew played for one of the best offensive minds ever in Sean Payton. Um, I don't know. I mean, is, some small quarterbacks can get away with it because guess what? Those two did used to do in their prime, climb the pocket. So when yeah. you climb the pocket, you create passing lanes, and passing lanes doesn't really matter if you're a six footer. But when you're a six-footer and you can't see over the line and you try to escape the pocket, you become what Kyler Murray has become, um, which is a program killer. Um, the Texans, they, if they took Chicago's Justin Fields or in the other option, they can draft Will Anderson and they can trade the number 12 pick for a big-time wide receiver or a pass rusher. Uh, they do have enough, two first-round picks. They have two in number 12. And then here's my Cardinals take. Trade Kyler Murray. Blow it up. Trade Hopkins and, and Murray. Draft C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson. Best available pick. But you're going to need a quarterback. But first of all, they have a coaching issue, Steve. I say go get a Wiley veteran coach. Go hire Frank Reich. Get you either C.J. Stroud or in the trade, go get a veteran. Go get a veteran. Go get in the sweepstakes. How about you get Tanny Hill or Jimmy G to come over to Arizona with a Frank Reich who knows how to coach the quarterback, who knows how to run an offense in the NFL, and see what you get for Hopkins and Murray, and then you can still draft a possible C.J. Stroud or something for the future, and your your roster got better. Um, because you can coach. You got you problem. Hollywood Brown there, and you can maybe get Lazard or some other receiver that's going to be leaving. He's leaving Green Bay. We already know he's out. Um, so the Cardinals have some moves if they want to make some trades, but I don't know who's going to take on that contract. Yeah, well, Coach, who wants Kyler? That's what I'm saying. The guy's a headache, and he comes with a hefty, overinflated, bloated contract number. That, to me, is untouchable. That right there makes everything a non-starter. And then I read somewhere the Cardinals will get input and confer with oh, yeah. Kyler Murray as to their neck. I'm like, wait, huh, hold on. So in between his games of Galaga or Arkanoid, uh, he's going to go out there and call Bidwell and say, I like these three guys. Wait a minute. Here's the problem. 
I don't empower Kyler Murray in any way. Do you get a coach that would help Kyler Murray? Yes. But do you let Kyler Murray have any input or any say on who he chooses as his coach? No. And the Cardinals are going to find out real quickly what they did with Murray is going to be an albatross. But I don't get it. Um, I've seen a lot more accomplished veteran quarterbacks who will be in the Hall of Fame who never really had a say in who their coach was. Give me a break. And Kyler Murray has not shown enough leadership or maturity where I would trust them to be a part of the process. He's part of the problem, it looks like. Honestly, if I can get rid of Kyler Murray in any way and for one year have Colt McCoy be my bridge quarterback as I figure it out all around him and then draft someone else down the line, I think that option might actually be better than Kyler Murray playing for a coach of his choosing that I just don't get it. Look, let the players play, but the management has to do their job. It's an absolute cop-out when you're trying to placate Kyler Murray, who has not been good enough to be afforded that status. I don't get it. Okay, let's keep going. Colts, they're number four. They can trade up or they can trade up and try to get C.J. Stroud before someone else gets him. Um or option two, getting the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes or mm. getting the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. I broke it down yesterday. Or maybe even get a Tannehill option. Get Tannehill in there, build around Taylor, get you another receiver and some O-line help. The Colts have a defense intact, in my opinion, who underachieved this year. You got to ask with all the coaching fluctuation. The Colts have pieces. Every A lot of people predicted them to go to the fucking Super Bowl this year. So they have pieces. Um what do they do at quarterback? And they have the number four pick. The safest so, one, just maybe Stroud is there at four. And and I, I do understand that the Ryan Day quarterback tree in the National Football League has not been good. Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields. Um, their system is so quarterback friendly. They play with an incredible amount of talent on the outside that it that again it creates a bit of a mirage. But CJ Stroud, look, they gotta get their quarterback situation straight. And stop going into the hot tub time machine and getting pro bowlers from 2010. Since Andrew Luck, it's amazing. They keep getting older and older, it seems, at quarterback. And it just hasn't worked. But again, you're talking about a team where it's not just going to be a one guy's going to change us. It's not. You have to be able to draft well up and down the draft and manipulate that draft board and get value. That's how the Lions really got better quickly because their GM, Brad Holmes, coach, you look at their last two drafts, it's not about one player. I'm just telling you, they have gotten guys in the first round all the way to the sixth or seventh. They're like, wow, that guy's got a future in the National Football League. But Stroud, to me, is the safest, soundest pick. Because now you finally have a young guy at quarterback. I thought he showed a lot in that Ohio State-Georgia game that he does have a little bit of fire. He can extend plays when he wants to. He's a good athlete. He seems to be very well-schooled, even though I have my doubts about Ryan Day's system. It's almost like Steve Spurrier in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. The quarterbacks were all very productive. They, they, he never had a great quarterback in the National Football League. But that's the direction I would go. I think that's the one team that should just stick and say, if we have Stroud on our board, number one, keep it simple, draft him. 
Hey, breaking news. We have so much rain in California over the last few weeks that officially just posted Southern California officially is out of the extreme category um, of drought. Oh, good. Now I just, I just leave the faucet running while I brush my teeth. Great news. Great news. Uh, so can I get a shower head that don't get restricted? <laughs> um, who, who says you can't? There's really nothing stopping you. I mean. No, I do have one that's not restricted, but they, you know, you can't get, you know, that I tried to buy like this powerful shower head on Amazon and they won't ship it to California because of that. California yeah. has a mandate. You can't ship certain, certain shower heads. Yeah, now gas stoves are the next on, on a target list for everyday Americans. Great. Hey, so, Steve, I had to ship, I had to have it shipped to someone else and then they shipped it to me. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever think you'd be smuggling shower heads like, uh, sir, I'm going through customs. What do you have here? Is it drugs, opioids, guns? I'm uh, like, no. fuck, dude, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a shower head. in? Uh, uh, sir, uh, sir, uh, please step aside. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me ask you this. Seahawks, I think I think GM of the year is Pete Carroll. What do they do at number five? I This is my take. They keep Geno Smith, they get O-line help or D-line help. I think they draft pass rusher yes. Miles Murphy, the Clemson DN. They still need safety help. Um, I think they can get back to the Legion of Boom era and get the best available in the draft. And then they have number 20, yeah, which they can either pick, trade up, and get you a major big-time tight end, maybe the tight end out of Notre Dame who's available. Um, but there's some there's some stuff that the Seahawks can do. Uh, they're very interesting at number five. I don't know what you think. Well, look, offensively, I stick with Geno. Geno's good. He's solid. You have your – you have your bell cow running back at Kenneth Walker, the third. He's going to be really good. You have a good receiving core with Metcalf and uh, the little guy, Lockett. And defensively, this is where – it was funny. They were a little bit leaky late. I would get front seven help. And, yes, the one thing they seemed to be missing was that edge rusher that on third and eight, that's the guy. They didn't really have that. And – so that's where I would go. I, I would focus in on the defense because I believe Geno Smith, I'm not saying he's an all-pro. Every, everyone takes these words out of context, but Geno Smith had a really good year. He leveled off a little bit in the last month and a half, but for the most part, you look at his numbers, he gave you really good quarterback play. And let's just be honest, he was an upgrade over what left. So defense, specifically front seven, Edge rusher, which everyone needs nowadays for to be an elite defense, that's probably where the direction that they go. And coach, if they can get a Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame, as you mentioned, as the tight end, now you now you got everything basically in place to have a really really explosive offense. But the, the two teams that I'm most interested in, I told you this last week, that have an incredible future after really good surprising years is Seattle and Detroit, who both have multiple first round picks in that first half of that draft. Well, that segue into this. Lions at number six. Here's what I said yesterday as my take for their draft, JB's draft analysis. Here we go. Keep golf at this point. Um, get you another big nine pass rushing inside guy like uh, the Brian Bracey kid out of Clemson, another Clemson D tackle. And he'll help Aiden Hutchinson on the edge and get you another big-time offensive tackle on offense to go ahead with Sewell and – Get you some fucking secondary help, which they need yeah. in a tremendous way. So keep golf for two more years. Get into the playoffs. 
show that MDC is an NFL head coach. He could get in the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game with golf. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but you have built a roster over the next two years that is now competitive to everybody else in the NFL, and then you go get your splash quarterback and win you one. Yeah, Detroit offensively, as long as they have Ben Johnson, and DeAndre Swift has really emerged the last month or so as a premier running back. So that works. Next year, Jamison Williams will be like having a bonus first-round pick. So offensively, I think they're fine. Where they had problems this year, specifically in the first eight to ten games where Aaron Glenn was on the verge of at least being on the hot seat, it seemed. They got to get bigger and stronger. They need a space seater on that front seven. Um, Hutchinson is really good. They had Houston, that young rookie that came on like gangbusters and Pascal. But they don't have a space seater inside. Breesy is that. I don't think he gives you great twitch or burst as an inside pass rusher, but he's solid. He's very big, and he can move people. So that does seem to make a lot of sense. And I think, here's my view, they need one more playmaking cornerback or defensive back on the back end. Nowadays in in pro football, I've heard um, Troy Aikman say this, it's not just enough to have a pair of cornerbacks with as much spread and three receiver sets you better have a good slot corner. You don't have a good slot corner. You're going to get picked on a lot uh, in today's football. So defense is really going to be a point of emphasis, I believe. But um, just look at Brad Holmes's track record of drafting the last two years. This guy is like Ozzy Newsome. He's just hitting guys in every round that look like they're going to have nice, long NFL careers. So I, I have a lot of faith in that guy. The Raiders at seven. Uh, I say you trade Derek Carr and Waller to the Packers and get Rodgers and some picks. I that's what I think. Mm. I think you get Rogers, you give up some picks, you get Rodgers, you give them up, we give up trade trade Carr and Waller. Waller's on the ass end of his career. He's hurt, he's injury prone. Um I'd rather get rid of him now than try to get rid of him when he's done. I know they just paid him some money. Uh but go get Rodgers and then draft Peter Skoronsky, the old lineman from Northwestern, um, or the Mississippi old lineman. They need a they need some help uh, on the other side of Trent. So go get you an old lineman and get rid of Carr. He's gone anyway, so you well, can get gone. rid of him and get some assets back from him. You know, if you trade, here's the thing: if Rodgers leaves Green Bay, which is a possibility, either through retirement or trade, aren't they just going to give that job to Jordan Love? I mean, so I don't, you know, so if you're a car and thinking, great, I'm out of, I'm out of Las Vegas. Well, here's the issue. You're going to back up Jordan Love. I, you know. Yeah, but you know, you're going to take some trade calls. You'll take trade calls for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, you will. But I'm just, I, Derek Carr, I don't know if he will even report to a team unless he's basically in essence guaranteed or named the starter. I just, just the way, what happened at the end of his Raiders run, I was not a big fan of it. I don't think it looked very good on him, but. If I'm the Raiders, where do I go? First of all, is, is McDaniels going to be your coach? Are you sure he gets a second year? We don't know. <laughs> well, nowadays, it seems to me now, coach, the newest trend is if you don't think that head coach is your guy, you don't even get that five-year plan. There's no such thing. We are seeing more coaches now getting let go after the first or second year. Josh McDaniel is a really good offensive coordinator. Okay, and again, having Tom Brady as your 
as your quarterback probably improves your IQ by about 100 points, right? I'm not, I, we got to figure out if he's a coach. That'll determine what direction the Raiders will go. But again, most teams um, that are drafting in the top 10, it's never just about one player. Never. There's so many interesting ones here because Atlanta needs a quarterback. They, I say get rid of fucking Spence or uh, the Riddler kid or whatever, Ritter. Get rid of his ass. Go pick a quarterback or get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Yeah. Or you could build a roster and get you a Derek Carr or even get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. I think Lamar Jackson would be better suited in a dome. Lamar, you know, just from a cultural standpoint, Lamar Jackson in Atlanta would be their most popular player since Michael Vick. I know. And his speed in a dome would be accentuated. But, Coach, aren't there a, a lot of uh, players who believe playing on that artificial surface is more dangerous there's a lot of players saying we don't like that field turf. Uh, apparently, they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna axe the turf. Apparently, that's what they're saying. I but don't no, know. They they play in a dome though. It's one thing if you're outdoors to tear it up and put in some real grass. They're in a dome. Now I know Arizona like they they do that thing where they switch the fields and the grass oh, field yeah. comes in. I don't know is, is the Mercedes Benz Stadium is is it equipped to do that? I mean, I really don't know. Um. You look at, you know, it's funny in Atlanta. This is an interesting fit because Cordero Patterson as that playmaker that plays running back. They need a running back, though, man. I said they need a, they need a, they need to draft Bijan Robinson. Well, look, I kind of like that kid out of BYU, Algeria. He was pretty good. And, and coach, do you really draft a running back in the top ten now? That I mean, I, I that there's been cases like Saquon Barkley recently. Bijan is the most skilled running back in the draft very good feet very good vision but if you're the falcons and cordell patterson and algeri and you do all that read stuff that mesh point with lamar that seems to work um but Bijan robinson i i don't again i don't see a running back being drafted in the top 10 moving forward not unless it's some bo jackson level talent but well that's an interesting i hadn't thought about that lamar jackson in atlanta Ooh, that would be a popular move for that. I just city. think he's better suited without the weather. His throwing, his 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 throwing mechanics aren't going to change overnight. Yeah. But at least the ball won't be fluctuated with weather. He can actually probably be a little better in the pass game underneath the dome half the season at least. Um, so there's a lot of interesting ones out here, Steve. Before you get out of here, the Panthers they got Are they going with Sam Darnold? Are they going to get a quarterback? It ain't Patrick Walker or whatever his name is. So they got to either can they move up or can they live with one of these guys that have kind of proven to be decent this year, like a Cooper Rush, Heineke, Zappi. Uh, but do not draft Anthony Richardson from Florida. He's going to be back again. He's uh, not the guy. There's two quarterbacks I'd stay away from in the first round, and they're great athletes. They'd be great on American Gladiator. They look the part. They come out of central casting. One is Anthony Richardson, and the other one is Will Levis. Those guys are going to wow you at Pro Day. In shorts and a T-shirt, they're going to look like the number one pick. When you throw on the game tape and you just watch the games, it just does not translate. In fact, our mutual friend Sean King 
said that he would not draft AR-15 in the first. He says no. And just look at his stats. And, and the fact is, he could throw the ball 80 yards on a dime, on a line, on a rope. Has no idea where it's going. He really struggles in the intermediate game and actually putting the touch on the ball, anticipating throws and throwing guys open. Will Levis, same thing. Uh, Will Levis, it reminds me of that great movie, Bull Durham. He's Nuke Nalouche, million-dollar arm, 10-cent head. And the way he handled the end of that old Miss game this year, where they're driving for the winning score, number one, he hurries up to the line. He doesn't let his guy get set. Takes away a touchdown off the board. That's on the quarterback. You had plenty of time. You didn't let the get your own guy get set. Then the very next play, face side blitz. He sees it coming, and he holds the ball too long. Sack, fumble, game over. Right there, I said, "No, nope, you're off my board." Got to have football IQ. You could be uh, a gold. You could be a gold medal decathlon level athlete. Got to have it upstairs. So those two guys, I'd stay away from. AR fifteen. You better be willing, coach, to put in two or three years of development while he sits on the bench before you ever think about getting him regular snaps at the National Football League level. Mr. Hadley gave me some information here. Uh, between home games, the Saints and Falcons play nine games in domes minimally. Minimally. So, Lamar can be in a dome, think about it, 10, 11 times a season. Yeah, but like you said, it's not going to make magically make his arm become or his release become damn. No, the only reason I say that is he'll be quicker, which will give him a little bit more longevity, and the ball won't be a wor- You won't have to worry about rain, wind, snow. I guess, um, but, but coach, here's the thing: he won the MVP as an outdoor quarterback in 2019, and I just go back to that turf. That he plays a very physical, athletic brand of football. That's what he does. And thus far, he has not made that transformation like Steve Young. Like, you bring up Steve Young all the time. Early in his career, he was a helter-skelter guy, would would leave the pocket a lot, made all these great scrambles. But by the time he was the starting quarterback and started to win MVPs, coach, I remember in the early 90s, he actually had a year where his percentage, for, for uh, completion percentage, was 70% in the early – I remember thinking, this is insane. This is like batting 425 in the major leagues. So, And he became a really skilled pocket passer who happened to have athleticism thus far. And, again, maybe it's not fair. It doesn't have great weapons. Not like he's throwing the Rice and Taylor. Um, but it hasn't happened. You know, yesterday on the show, Coach, I asked TJ Moe, who had a 1,000-yard season at Mizzou when they were in the SEC – I said, TJ, be honest, as a receiver, would you want or choose to play for Lamar Jackson? And he flat out said, no, because I don't want to block all game. I don't want to chip or down block on oncoming outside linebackers and defensive ends. So here's the other issue. Let's say you give Lamar this really exorbitant contract. We're talking above 38 to 40 million. Let's say he's in that range. It's it, what what price are you paying though, at the expense of fortifying the rest of your roster, right? And you said it that you have proof that other wide receivers, the good ones, have said, "Ah, I'm good. We love Lamar. We cheer Lamar. He's our guy. I just don't want him to be my quarterback." <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing. What, what come what what comes with that big contract? 
uh, at the cost of the rest of your team. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's very interesting. Um, what am I getting here on text? Uh, something's happening. Let's see. Um, Peyton Hillis is apparently getting off the ventilator. Uh, in other news, but oh, that's great. The Eagle, the Eagles, they're number ten. Um, Ooh, wow, they get number ten. That's pretty high. They get number ten. Um, you know what I do from the Eagles since they have a loaded roster. If there's a team that really has a guy on their board at number 10, I would say, you know what? We'll win the trade back. Give us one of your future first. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Because they need D-line help, though. I would go, I would try to get Miles Murphy or um, or the the kid uh, Brian Breesey from Clemson. I'd try to get one of those guys at number 10. If yeah, I, Coach, look, there's an old saying. In baseball, you can never have too much quality left-handed pitching. In football, you can never have too many big bodies or pass rushers. You stock up on those guys. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, what do the Titans do? Because Malik Willis ain't the guy. Oh, man. Malik, Malik's another guy. Very high-character individual. But the system that he played, right, it, you could just tell, like, athletically he'll be okay. He's got good size. He's a real thick athlete. But you knew, given how they ran that offense um, at Liberty, that he was a developmental project. And I remember watching him in the preseason. I said, okay, decent arm. He can run around a little bit. But it was so limited even in the preseason, and then we got to the regular season when he was pressed into duty coach, it looked bad. And Josh Dobbs comes off the street, and all of a sudden that offense looks a lot better with Josh Dobbs, not Michael Vick, Josh Dobbs. And so, look, I like Malik, but I think he's a kid that basically needs to be on a paid internship for at least another year or two to figure out can he play at all, but he was not ready to play. Tannehill... You've already reached the ceiling with them. You've already reached the ceiling with them. He's serviceable to mediocre, which is fine. You can make a good living at that. If I am the Titans, I'm one of those teams that if I believe in one of these quarterbacks in this year's draft, I actually try to move up. Because Derrick Henry, with his style of play, I don't know how many great years he has left either. you got to start shifting that franchise. And this is where Vrabel's going to have to have a philosophical shift. Is I love the ground and pound with Derrick Henry, but it hasn't gotten me very far. Maybe that, I need to make a move on a quarterback that I believe can elevate this whole franchise. Yeah, that's why I think they need to get on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes since mm. he did buy a house there in Nashville. I don't believe he's going to go to Nashville and play. I think he's coming West Coast if he's going to play. Uh, but he did buy a house there, so they're going to think he has a shot. Uh, you can try to get Lamar Jackson and try to at least do take Baltimore South, right? You can try to turn it into Baltimore South with Lamar and him, uh, Henry, and you still don't have any wideouts, though. So I don't know. They're in a fucking precarious situation. They got to either try to get in on the Aaron Rodgers or Lamar sweepstakes, or do you get Derek Carr, who – you can argue he's better than Tannehill. I don't know if I would argue mm. that or not. That would be a great debate right there. Uh, but you can get him. He's a more talented guy, at least. But you still have no receivers. So I don't know what they do. Um, 
Let me talk to you about four more picks. Texans got number 12. I think they should draft the, the Jackson uh, Smith Najiba kid from Ohio State. They need a wideout. Yeah, that's a kid that had a monster 2021. It got banged up in his first game. I think it was Notre Dame. Never quite the same. I I want to know what his health is, but Ohio State receivers, their hit rate the last decade has been very high. I mean, Scary Terry, they had two rookies this year that had a thousand yard season, the Michael Carter. Um, he's been a very, very productive pro. Noah Brown's a solid football player. So that's a solid one. That that's a that's a good one. But again, you gotta look at his health. He'll go through all the physicals at, at the combine and all that stuff. That's a solid pick. I'm just telling you, coach, the last decade or so, if you want to talk about a wide receiver you, if it's not Alabama, it is Ohio State. Those guys are really safe picks for the most part. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Jets, 13. We don't know where they stand with quarterback. They just fired their OC this morning, if you didn't see mm-hmm. that. Um, I think the offensive tackle, Olu Fashana from Penn State, is going to be available. I think the Jets got to go O-line. Yeah. Um. Boy, defensively, they're really good. That Zach Wilson thing, talk about an al- albatross. I was stunned when he went number two that year. I was like, wow, they really overdrafted this guy. Um, if Brees Hall comes back, that's the running back. Uh, wide receiver, they have their number one in Garrett Wilson. Um, tight end, C.J. Azuma didn't have a great year. I think tight end might be a possibility if a Michael Myers there. Um, but if you feel, as your if your quarterback position – is not going to be a true difference maker, and you want to protect them because we're going to be like, okay, let's stand pat here with Mike White or Flacco. Um, run the ball well. So, yeah, if you, there's a good offensive lineman that is out there that you believe can be a piece right off the top, that might be the way to go because every other position defensively, I think they're really, really good. Um, but, again, there's an old saying or new saying, if you don't have a quarterback, you may have nothing. And they certainly don't have that. So at 13, do you draft a fucking another quarterback? There's no way no. to do that as a franchise, right? No, because at 13 now, you're basically down to AR-15. Uh, when he shoots, he doesn't hit the intended target enough. And Will Levis. So again, you've already reached with Zach Wilson. I don't reach again. No. No. Um. So do you trade? Like you got to get rid of White because he's going to demand something. He's going to get some looks. Somebody's going to try to get him for something. There's some franchises out here who need quarterbacks who are not going to be. I think Derek Carr, and I've said this, and Jet fans may scream. If Derek Carr comes to the Jets and he plays a Derek Carr level, which is very up and down, they would have won a couple more games this year. I really believe that. You may disagree. But their quarterback play was historically bad at times. I'm, I'm, I'm not asking him to be elite. We are asking him to be better and more consistent than the MILF hunter. I'm just telling you, Derek Carr would work with the Jets. You hand the ball off to Brees Hall. You got a speedster in Garrett Wilson, a defense that's generally very tough. If I'm Derek Carr... 
New York may be a place I'm looking at. Maybe. Uh, Sean O'Connell said, did I see Derek Carr's tweet? No, I did not see his tweet. Um, is Mac Jones the guy at 14 for the Patriots? What do they do at 14? Mac Jones is their guy. They're going to rock with them. I don't see a lot of upside with Mac Jones. I think what you saw in the last, the first two years is what you're going to see for the next 10 years. I don't see him being this guy that's going to just go to elite status. Um, no, but coach, can we be fair? How many quarterbacks were going to really succeed with that crew of receivers and Matt Patricia as your coordinator? I look, I am a big believer in Belichick, but the way he handled his offensive staff and his offensive game planning this year was bizarre. I'm just, I don't even think it was fair. I like Mac. He's solid. He's sound. You're right. He's not spectacular. He may already have reached his ceiling, but he gives you, I would say, steady play if you give him a chance. All right, but let me ask you this. You know who they're saying is going to be the coordinator? Who? Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Let's Cliff go with that. Have you, if, you've, if you've followed Cliff Kingsbury's career as an OC or a head coach, his quarterback is who? He's a dynamic, triple, RPO, double option guy. That is not Mac Jones. No, it's not. But you know, neither was neither was Colt McCoy. And this year, Colt McCoy and McCoy and spots look pretty okay. Ball came out early. If the number one guy's open, go with the play. Um, make quick reads, make decisive decisions early on and put the ball. Mac can do that. Look, is Mac going to go out there and be a threat at the mesh point? Is he gonna be able to run? Uh, the read option and, and, and scamper for no, for no, it's not him. But, but he's okay. He understood. Look, he's a well taught guy. Most guys at Alabama, I would say, are pretty well coached coming into the game. But this was so unfair what they did to him with Matt Patricia. It's like taking a racehorse and putting shackles on them and then cutting off their left hoof and then wondering why didn't they win the Kentucky Derby. Yes, he regressed a bit, and my my viewpoint is it wasn't all his fault. Okay, two more. Get out of here. Green Bay, wideout or left tackle? Left tackle. I actually like their young wideouts. Dobbs, I know, is a little bit of a question mark. He got banged up. He showed some promise. Christian Watson um, looks like a star. That's your number one. But... The Bakhtiari, right? We talked about him. He's always injured. So you got to fortify that front line. So no matter who your quarterback is, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, fortify that front line. Because that offensive line always seems like somebody is hurt. So that's the direction that I would go in. But I actually like their young wide receivers, believe it or not. Washington. Uh, mm. The Washington Wussies. Quarterback. Move up, trade, or do they keep Hal and Heineke and let them compete? Okay. Based on the fact of who the owner is, Mr. FedEx, who does whatever the hell he wants, and I remember them overdrafting Dwayne Haskins, and everyone was like, oh, no, and you saw how that worked out, right? Rest in peace to him. If there is a team in the upper half of the first round that will do something wild and crazy and draft Anthony Richardson – going to be them watch daniel snyder he does it his way he is sinatra 
if there's a team that's going to overdraft Tamara Will Levis and be mesmerized by the numbers, the physical attributes, it'll be this franchise. Watch. Uh, Hal ain't the guy, in my opinion. And Heineke's more serviceable, but yeah. the Washington make a big move and trade for a quarterback? Like, that's in the league right now? Like, do they go try to trade and get a car or – or hmm. somebody that's out there that played a lot of quarterback, like do they go out and do that move, and or do they or do they draft? I mean, I don't well, with do- that defense, that defense keeps them in a lot of games. That, that's a good defense. They scrap, they're hard nosed. They they they've drafted well up front. They have they have Terry McLaurin, who's a really good player, probably underutilized because of what's around him. Um, hmm. You know, that's a team if Bijan Robinson was available. I'd say, you know what? I kind of like him. Right there at that at that spot, maybe not top ten, but just a little bit beyond that. Bijan Robinson for the Redskins, I think, seems to work for some reason. But, well, but again, the thing in the, that I've heard from everybody is the Eagles are taking him at 10 if available. Bijan Robinson? Yeah, like why? Ooh, you got Miles wow. Sanders. You got, you got guys. You don't need another back, in my opinion. You need D tackles. Yeah, but the running backs have been banged up a little bit. Now, I don't know if they ever think Austin Scott or uh, Miles Sanders is a true heavy duty number one. But again, a lot of teams go running back by committee. The Redskins are another team that. See, I, I'm with you, though. I like Heineke. I don't like him long term. I did not understand why Riverboat Ron went back to Wentz. As soon as he made that decision, I said, that's a loss. And you saw what he played an absolute dud of a game at home. That is inexcusable, that decision. I just don't get it. Um, Here we go. Seattle Niners. I've picked Seattle. I'm, I'm on record. I think they're going to shock the world. Uh, <laughs> I, bro- I broke down all these things. You know, since 1977, they're like 30 and 19. Uh, the Seattle owns 49ers, really, and, and and it's hard to beat a team three times. Pete Carroll's 12-4 and four versus Shanahan. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. I think it's going to rain in Frisco. I think that only helps Seattle. Um, I think if Seattle jumps up 10-0 at least, I think I, I want to see Brock Purdy play from behind, which no one's seen yet. I want to see how at, tight his asshole gets. And I'm curious to see how the uh, this thing unfolds. I think Seattle's going to win, dude. I, I will give you credit. You, you you stand by your beliefs. You are a man of conviction, and that's oh, why man. you have so many fans in the fine city of Kansas City. I disagree. I The Niners, to me, top to bottom, they have a loaded roster. They believe in Purdy, and, and Purdy is not asked to be Joe Montana. They do a lot of eye candy. They do a lot of things where they set it up real easy for them, a lot of screen passes, and then they set up shot plays down the field. Yeah, if he gets down 10 nothing, the game's a different type of football game. you got to get to 10 nothing, And that Niner team is revved up. I think, they, I think all teams realize our windows are very small now with the nature of the National Football League. They're at home, which I think is very, very big. And that game they played about a month ago in Seattle, that game was a blowout. If it wasn't for that terrible pass, roughing the passer, that, that game was 28-6 at that point, if I recall correctly. So that's a little bit of a mirage, how close yeah. that game was. Yeah. So I, I will stick with the chalk. I, I think the Niners 
uh, complete the hat trick against Seattle. But the Saints blew out Tampa twice too and got beat the third time. Yeah, so she, I, I get it. I I get it. And and we I could do this all day long. I could talk about teams that beat teams twice in the regular season for a lot. There's a lot of those out there. But guess what? They don't beat them the third time in the playoffs. Right. And Pete Carroll is going to do some things to Brock Purdy that he has not seen yet. Okay, we shall see. But again, if Seattle cannot stop the early, I gotta watch this game on a lot. Of, like I gotta do a lot of camera when this fucking game goes down and win, and they win. Uh, but I will say this though, Coach: if Seattle cannot stop the run early on, and it just becomes five yards, six yards, seven yards, and all of a sudden. Purdy's able to operate on a consistent second and three. That game becomes a lot easier for him. Now, you're right. If it all of a sudden becomes a consistent third and long for Purdy, yeah, there could be issues. I still don't think the Niners have that true number one receiver. But I, I like the way this team is constructed. They're on a roll, and they are at home. I expect them to come out with this victory. Yeah, all right. Giants, Vikings. Uh. That game's at Minnesota, right? Yeah. I guess I, I, the Vikings, to me, are one and done. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if the Giants have enough weapons. But that's going to be another close game. They came down to the wire a couple weeks ago. I don't know who wins this game. I, I think the Vikings somehow eke it out, and they get blown out in the second round. Uh, Cowboys-Bucks on Monday night. Hmm. All the pressure is on Dak to win it. And Haven't Mike won McCarthy. a road game since 92. Yeah. I will. You know what? Cowboys. Yeah. I, against my better judgment, I think the Cowboys are a younger, fresher football team. The Buccaneers have not been good, Coach. They have some of these wins that they've had. They look terrible for 50 minutes, and it's the magic of Tom Brady I am, I just don't like the way it looks. I look. I know Mike Evans is healthy again now, making great plays. But top to bottom, Dallas, Dallas is the more talented roster, top to bottom. And there comes a point in time where Dak has to win a playoff game. If he doesn't win this game, I'm actually thinking to myself, how long do we go with Dak? I think Dak and McCarthy are both on the spot here. I agree. Uh, AFC shifted before you get out. Dolphins, Buffaloes. By the way, I don't. I don't know if anyone knows this. Seattle, Frisco, Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Bengals, all repeat games from the division. Six of them. Yeah. Um, this is the third time those teams are meeting this year. Uh, Dolphins, Bills. I see a Bills blow. Big. I see the Bills just with the dominant team. Miami just came to call. Bill's no big. Tua. No Tua. Yeah, no Tua, no chance. And even with Tua, very little chance. Ravens, Bengals again. We just saw this thing last night. Bengals. 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 Well. I'm not going against Burrow right now. In the, uh, that team's on a roll. They're winning. They're stacking wins. They're at home. Um, Burrow's a big game quarterback. Bengals. Chargers, Jags. That's the tough one. What is the status of Mike Williams? We don't know. See, that's yeah. the whole question. With with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, the Chargers are a more seasoned team. But, boy, this game's a game where the Chargers have to travel a long distance. I don't trust Staley. I don't understand why Mike Williams played one down, given his history this season. 
Um, and he's taking a lot of heat for it, by the way. The, the press is now starting to question Staley, who's getting a little irritated. But, hmm, this is a this is a tough game because I really like the Jaguars' future. I really like the job that Peterson has done. I will go Jaguars at home. I think it's going to be a factor. And if Mike Williams is hobbled, I think it really handcuffs a lot of what they do in the past game. Give me the Jags. West Coast teams traveling east this late in the year do not fare well. Right. But I'm going to have to rock with the Chargers. I'm okay. rocking with the Chargers. Uh, I'm rocking. Did you see uh, Derek Carr's tweet? What did he do now? Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful and appreciative of the years of support you gave me. I'm just seeing like fake fucking Christian, right? You gave me my family and me. We had our share of both heartbreaking moments and thrilling game victories, winning drives, and it's always felt like you were in there next to me. Sounds like a fucking broad. It's well, a, doesn't every athlete do that now, goodbye. though? Listen to this shit. It's especially hard to say goodbye because I can honestly say that I gave you my everything and I had every single day in the season, and it's an off season. I took my ass off, and it's certainly I'm, now I'm, I'm fair. And that's too long. It certainly wasn't perfect, but I hope that I was able to leave you with some more than few great memories as Raider fans. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, this motherfucker, are you crying too? Yeah, you were, you were good. You were good a paragraph into it. You were good a paragraph into it. You just wrote it. a fucking novel for uh, leaving the Raiders. The Vegas don't give a fuck, Derek Carr. They want you to leave. Yeah, I look. I look. Every athlete does it, but Derek, when you were sent home or you decided not to show up to your, that kind of tarnished it. it it's kind of rang hollow. Uh, but look, coach. To be fair, every athlete does the goodbye. But that thing was like war and peace. Good lord, he must have typed that out on his typewriter. Did he have like a uh, whatever? But yeah, it, it's time to move on. That marriage had come to an end. They weren't even sleeping in the same bed by the end of the year. And uh, you know, the Raiders have some pieces. But, you know, the funny thing is, everyone's talking about Derek Carr leaving. Josh Jacobs, it looks like, is not going to be a Raider next year. He had a, he should get some MVP votes. So there's some question mark. It's not just about Derek Carr. Um, if a team needs a running back, I know Jacobs has some miles on the odometer, but he's still a relatively young guy, and I thought he ran very hard, had a spectacular year. So I would say for the loss of – everyone's talking about the loss of Derek Carr – I think Jacobs was a better player, you know, so that, that's the reality there. But, uh, Coach, I got to get running. I got some stuff to do. I got to get ready for Whitlock. Hey, I didn't know it was 830. I didn't know you were on here. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, no. uh, before you get out of here, did you see uh, – I found – a buddy of mine sent me this right oh, here. Oh, rest in right. peace. Charles White, uh, San Fernando. A lot of people don't know. SoCal native. Um, hey, man, rest in peace. Appreciate you, Steve. Uh, go kill it on Whitlock. I'll be watching. Later. Uh, Steve Kim, as always. Um, I don't know. I like um, I like I like the Giants getting it done, and I like the Seahawks, and I like the Chargers getting it done. I think the Jags are going to face a few. Uh, I think the Jags are going to face some adversity. Um, I think they're going to face some adversity in the uh playoffs and i think uh, i think trevor lawrence is going to have to get through a few years of this 
Um, he's already there faster than anyone expected him to be. So I just think he's going to have to get through some of those things uh, before he can win a game. I think it's Herbert has to win. Herbert has to win a playoff game at this time to be considered into this Mount Rushmore of things. And I wanted to get into my Mount Rushmore, obviously, uh, before the show ends because, you know, everybody wants to talk that shit. Um, I love, you know, I love it. I love, I love the shit. I gotta, I gotta break down the Mount Rushmore, um, quarterbacks. I, I don't, let me see if I can get the, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, I can't show you, but I want to bring up the reason I put these four on Mount Rushmore. I put Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Um, I put Burrow and Herbert, right? Now, the reason I did that is to discuss it. And then I showed Mahomes looking up at it, and I showed Allen looking up at the Mount Rushmore. Herbert has yet to win a playoff game. He would not be on my Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. I put these guys on there, first of all, just to piss off Kansas City fan base. I wanted to show everybody um, that Mahomes is always going to look up to Burrow. But having said that, um, Herbert has to win a playoff game. Uh, He would never be on my Mount Rushmore. But I put Aaron Rodgers on the Mount Rushmore for this reason. Is he really a guy that you put down as your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks because he's a great ball spinner? Because if you do, then Dan Marino needs to be on there because he was just as good as a ball spinner. And um, I believe you can call Aaron Rodgers an over an underachiever and overrated just like Mahomes they both have one Super Bowl Mahomes has one Super Bowl in much less time and Aaron Rodgers seems to be choking in big game scenarios year after year after year so I'm just saying dog I'm just saying I don't know if you cannot argue the fact that Aaron Rodgers can also be called overrated and has had ample opportunity, he's choked against the Niners every year. He choked against the Detroit Lion team that at home to get into the playoffs and you can't get it done. I got some, I got some overrated in me, dog. I got some Aaron Rodgers overrated talk to talk about. So, Of course, he's above average. Fuck. He's the greatest ball spinner possibly of our lifetime. But that doesn't mean that he's not overrated because he gets a lot of praise. Three-time MVP in a row. He gets a lot of fucking praise. Um, He gets a lot of fucking praise for a guy that doesn't win more. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. He's getting a lot of praise um, for not throwing, for not doing it. So, huh. um, interesting discussion. Interesting discussion. A lot of you guys uh, anoint Aaron Rodgers just like you anoint Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I got to be honest, people don't really have that real conversation. Motherfucker might be overrated, just so you know. And Herbert is on his way to being overrated, too. 
if he don't start winning some playoff games. Herbert has all the tools. 6'6", 240, can throw it with anybody. I think he plays great under pressure, but he has to be able to win a playoff game for me to consider him as one of the greatest. Um, but right now, I think top talent-wise, it's those six quarterbacks because Tom Brady's still playing. And we're going to see if the stars align like I think they are. Tom Brady, once again, is on track to winning and to going to another Super Bowl. If he goes to another Super Bowl, dog, it's going to be very, very interesting. I'll be honest. I'm going to be very, very interested to see how this thing unfolds with Tom Brady because he just continues to uh, have the stars aligned for this motherfucker. I'm just telling you, dog. It is unfucking believable. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I got. I can't wait to see this thing this weekend. Uh, I got some boys coming over. We're gonna watch the games, and uh, we're gonna see how this thing unfolds. Curious to see how it all unfolds. Um, I don't assume. I, I. I. I assume. I do assume that Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. I think he's done. I think he's had enough. Uh, I would bet dollars to dimes he leaves Green Bay. I bet he leaves Green Bay. Just based on how he saw it go down. Um, I saw how, you know, we all saw he didn't want to trade the jersey. We saw him walk away with Cobb. Uh, we saw all that shit. Um, you know, uh, I just don't, I just don't see um, this thing unfolding too good. Uh, we got some dick riders in the chat. I, I wish I could have addressed one of them. Whoever that Steve-O cat was, what a bitch-made dick rider. I, I, I wish I could have addressed him, but I didn't want to cut Steve off. Um, so, And then he left, and so I was like, ah, fuck it. Uh, another dick rider in the chat. But I would have loved to have gone off on his bitch ass. Uh, just these dick rider bottom feeders, I think he's created like three more accounts since to come back. That uh, I, I I get embarrassed for you guys. I, I really do. I get embarrassed by a lot of you that create these accounts. Like I wish I would create an account to troll another man. <laughs> like I gotta be honest. I wish I would create an account to troll another man. Like that shit blows my fucking mind. But that is what it is. Uh, Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait. Uh, Last Chance Q's been postponed this week. We're going to come back Monday for the Cowboy game live. Uh, Sean and I, that evening, we're going to watch a live part. We're going to have a live watch party. Um, we couldn't do it this week. We just couldn't get together. and We got a lot of scheduling conflicts. We got a lot of shit going on. I got to finish this studio and, and all this other shit. Um, uh, my video with Zach Smith went viral on Worldstar. What the fuck is Worldstar? I don't even know what that is. What is World Star? Send me the video on Twitter or something. I don't even know what the fuck World Star is. Um, but hey, it's always good to have a great. It's great to have a great day. I'll see you guys tomorrow for Fearless Friday. Matt McChesney will be back tomorrow. Uh, we just talked. He'll be back tomorrow, and uh, and I'm gonna have a few guests lined up to come on tomorrow for Fearless Friday as well before the weekend playoff game. So we're gonna get into that. And uh, make sure you become a member if you're not one. Uh, Discord is out there. Slap Nation, Coach's Crew. That's the chat. Make sure you sign up for, sign up for that right away. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning uh, in about 21 hours. Appreciate you guys as always. Pound the like button on your way out and visit CoachJBStore.com. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.